Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, the tastiest hour of talk in Music City. Now here's your host, Brandon Still. Hello, Music City, and welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio. We are powered by Gordon Food Service. My name is Brandon Still, and I am your host, I am joined with a co-host today, and it is Chris Chamberlain. He is from the Nashville scene. He is a writer. He's an author, all-around good guy, a local who knows what he's talking about. And today's episode is the Nashville scene's best of acceptance speeches. So I love the Nashville scene. It's a great uh, alt-weekly that uh, you're all familiar with. And every year they do this amazing best of Nashville. And they cover everything from news, politics, to best restaurants, best places to eat, best shot. I mean, they have the best of everything. And today I've got the guy who does the writer's picks, one of them, talking with the people who won. Uh, We've got an amazing, amazing episode today. We're going to be talking with Carrie Bringle uh, from the Peg Leg Porker and Bringle Smoke and Oasis. We're talking to Khalil Arnold, who's the owner of Arnold's Country Kitchen and winner of three Best of Nashville Awards this year. We're talking to Parker from Fate LaForce Brewery, Andrea Cherez from the Rose Pepper. We, uh, we're also talking to Chad Newton. He is the owner of the Eastside Bon Me. And all of these people won Best of Nashville. And they're all going to join this show today. We did the show live this week. Uh, so you can go watch it if you like. It is on our YouTube channel. And uh, highly sub- I think you should go subscribe to that when we do go live. And I plan on doing some more live episodes, just live fun things. So go subscribe to the YouTube channel right now so that you can be aware when these things happen. Because we put them live on YouTube. Just kind of secretly do it live. So if you want to get that heads up. Go follow us on YouTube. Uh, Today's going to be so much fun, and we're going to jump right in. But each individual owner, chef that's coming in is going to be brought to you by my very own Best of Nashville sponsors. So we are very proud that we get to work with some amazing companies that help restaurants. And today, I want to start off by talking about Southern Health. One of the biggest things that you can do out there to protect yourself and to protect your loved ones is to be properly insured. Health insurance is vital and is one of the things that's missing in a lot of the the industry. Restaurant industry really uh, is terrible about offering that benefit, and this is your solution. You need to call Dan Marr. Write this number down, 832-816-8602. That will get you Dan Marr of Southern Health Insurance. What he does is he takes large groups of people and he bundles them all together to where you can get group rates as an individual. If you're a restaurant and you want to offer insurance to your employees, that is his specialty. So if you're a small restaurant, he's happy to work with you to offer a cost-effective solution so that you can offer this amazing benefit to your employees. Whether you have one restaurant or 100 restaurants, He's the guy. You should at least call him. If if you don't know if you can afford it, if you don't know where to start, most of the time it's figuring out, like, I don't even know who to call. I don't have a guy. Dan's your guy. You call Dan. You say, hey, I, I heard Brandon from Nashville Restaurant Radio talking about you. I don't have insurance. And this is health insurance. This is dental. This is vision. This is life insurance. If you own a home, if you have a family, 
you need some sort of life insurance and he offers life insurance up to $100,000. You know, there's like, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of GoFundMes there are for people who've passed away and didn't have any sort of insurance and make their families have to pay for it. Make your friends have to pay for your funeral. Guys, nobody wants to talk about it. It's a tough topic to talk about, but you need it in your life. And right now, you're listening, you're going, you know what? I do need it. I don't even know where to begin. This is where you begin. Here's that number again, 832-816-8602. You're going to call Dan Marr with Southern Health Insurance. He's going to take care of you. If you're, if you're anybody who needs it, go get it right now. All right. That being said, we've got some amazing announcements coming up in the next tweaks. Next Monday, we've got a pretty big announcement. And that announcement's going to be coming out with a brand new episode with Ben Sticks. And he is of the Beehive Nashville. We are going to go all in on vegan. We are going to be talking about all the things that I don't, I don't know a lot about the vegan lifestyle. Kind of like I didn't know a lot about being an alcoholic until I jumped in. So we are going to jump in this week and we're going to learn all about what he's doing, why he's doing it, where you can get the best vegan food in town, and the best everything in town is what we're talking about today. So this episode, I really wanted to get into the writer's picks, the reader's picks, kind of some of the hits, some of the misses, and that is what we talk about today, as well as these 15-minute uh, interviews with each person. If you want to know where these people fall, check the show notes, because I've got listed in the show notes exactly at what minute each individual guest comes on. Thank you for listening. I love you guys. This is, uh, I guess I keep saying this is, I'm just blessed to be able to do this and to talk to y'all. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week ahead and uh, enjoy this episode. Welcome to the second edition here, Chris, of the uh Nashville Restaurant Radio presents Best of Nashville from the Nashville Scene, our acceptance speech episode. Ex it is great to have the chance for these people to be heard after they've already been voted on and judged. Yeah, uh, you know, I, 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 we all focus so much on the this Best of Nashville, and then um, really it's a, a, I'd like to hear what people think about it. We see them post on Facebook, but like, let's hear their stories, and I wanted to get the listeners in to kind of learn more about these people that won best in Nashville. Well, I got to say that's this is the one week of the year where I really don't miss the fact that we turned off the comments on the website. <laughs> Invariably, you know, you'd give people a month to vote for their best of and their favorites, but they wait until you announce the winners and then they suddenly come in with their definitive opinion. It always. Yeah. It's the way it works. Yeah, so um, you know, get out there and vote people. It's a really big big deal for the scene. I mean, this is probably our biggest week of the year. It's definitely our biggest issue. It's you know, you're looking at it online there, Brandon, but I've got an actual version of it. It's our only perfect bound issue. So you can see it is a, it is a labor of love that takes months to put together. So great job by the rest of the staff. Um, I never go into the office, so I had nothing to do other than writing my part. So it's all up to the production folks that do such a great job with it. Well, I'm excited to jump in and kind of hear your take on how everything worked out, because I think there's some in there that I think there's some misses. And I think there are some home runs and I love the, I love to hear your perspective on how you come up with the writer's picks as a writer for the scene. And then uh, we're going to be talking today with several winners. Let me tell you who's on the list today. We're going to be talking to Khalil Arnold from Arnold's country kitchen. He's going to be here in studio in about 10 minutes. 
after that, uh, Parker from Fate La Force Brewery is going to be here, and he won Best New Brewery uh, from you, Mr. Chamberlain. We uh, also will be joined with Carrie Bringle, who is the owner of Bringle's Smoking Oasis, as well as uh, the Peg Leg. He, he is the Peg Leg Porker. We'll be joined with Andrea Charez, who is the owner of the Rose Pepper, Chad Newton, who's the owner of Eastside Bon Me, and I'm hoping we're going to get in Alex Wincos, who is the owner of Dino's today. So we've got a jam-packed schedule. So if you're with us today, hang out. We'd love to have you. If you would like to comment, you want to let us know that you're watching, the comment section is open. We can see them. If you have questions for any of those people, we'd love to hear what you have to say. Chris, how do you guys choose the writer's picks for Best of Nashville? Well, we kind of work them around the reader's picks too. Um, you know, the reader's picks, we have to come up with the categories and and that needs to be fluid. That needs to change year to year. Um, there's, you know, some things that, that weren't an issue or weren't an opportunity 10 years ago. Um, you know, you wouldn't talk about best lay ocean food. You know, there just <laughs> weren't, weren't, weren't any options there, but uh, you know, so we, we do that and we try and fill in the gaps and it's a, it's a chance, you know, some of them are definitely, you know, this is the best of a major category in our opinion. And the staff will get together and talk about some of those and then assign the, assign the write-ups, but some of them are a chance for us to shine a spotlight on something, something that deserves attention or something that might be a little quirkier. And, you know, you can tell when somebody's going out of their way to, to recognize, you know, a friend of theirs or something that needs to be known about. So it might be, you know, best, best takeout sandwich on my block of Greenwood Avenue or something like that, you know, yeah, that's <laughs> a chance to do that. So, and I, I gotta say, I'm, I'm proud of the reader's picks, uh, the way we do it, it is completely blind, blind. You know, we, uh, we don't know who people are voting for until we count. We don't, unlike other contests in town that might list, uh, nominees, and might have been known to list their advertisers at the top of the list of the nominees as opposed to alphabetically or anything like that. Um, if everybody gets together and decides one particular place is their favorite, then that's the one that's going to win. And, uh, you know, we make you vote for at least, I think it's 20 categories. So it makes it harder to just stuff the ballot box for one particular yeah. spot. Um, back in the old days, um, you used to have to vote with a ballot that was in the, that was printed in the magazine. So for the weeks beforehand, we'd have entire boxes of our of scenes just emptied by a restaurant that would hand them out to their staff and say, you know, fill it out, fill it out, fill it out. Oh, I didn't even think about that. So, yeah, that's why it's that's why it's online now. Well, it's also way more convenient to do it online. Yeah, it's how <laughs> it's how people want to do it. But we also want people to pick up papers. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of advertisers in that uh, multi hundred page issue. So. So the decision, if I go in and I, cause I voted and I loved, it's a fun process for me voting. I, I love doing it. So you kind of, if you're wondering where the best place, I don't know. I just, I just love the process of doing it, but there are people that actually advertise on lines. So if I go online and I look at best local bar and it says Germantown pub recommends you vote for them. Like, I don't know. There's something about that to me. I'm kind of like, you're selling an advertisement on the ballot. Yeah, no, we, uh, I, did that, is that something that you've, like I keep I keep the uh, editorial and advertising wall up pretty good, you know, for for what I try and write about. But um, sure, our, our sales staff, you know, they're pre-selling ads in the magazine. I mean, that's what pays everybody's. I will tell you that giving away free magazines is not a great business model unless you've got <laughs> something else to do. And you know, when you think about the fact that we lost the the legal notices 
to the ledger a couple of years ago. And that was, you know, a multi-million dollar contract. And we voluntarily took all the porn ads out of the back of it. You know, that's a big part of those were easy money right there. So we've got to scramble to get everyone. And, and the sales staff does have a kit that they offer. They don't sell it to restaurants, but like, here's a, here's a kit with, you know, a link to where to vote. And, you know, here's where you could drop your logo because we want people to be able to, you know, publicize themselves. It's kind of like what we did during the pandemic. You know, there weren't any restaurants open, but we also recognize that a big part of the scene's income comes from advertising from restaurants and from club listings. Yeah. So it was kind of service journalism for a year there where we were writing about, you know, which restaurants offer great takeout, which ones have cocktail menus that you can get to go. It was a way to let people know that the restaurants were out there and they were still struggling a little bit, but that they, uh, you know, needed our support and our hope was that they would survive. So they'd be there to be either advertisers or something we could write about at the end of the pandemic. So, yeah. So that's what we're doing here. You know, if we can find a way for a restaurant to work, to get their own recognition, I'm fine with that. So. No, I love it. I, I think the whole, I just, I'm curious about the process because I'm not in it and it's every you're voting and you're like, well, that that's, I don't know. I, to me, it's just, it's a thing, but I totally understand that. Totally understand that. Let's talk about the, the issue itself. What are some of the things on it that you thought were the biggest hits? Or do you think that the the readers, I think the writers did a great job. Writers always do a fantastic job. Yeah, we'll talk job. about the writers' picks as we get the people. The writers' the picks, I think, are always, that's the one I look for, in all honesty. But as far as the readers' picks, where do you think the readers really hit some home runs? Uh, it is so nice that we're no longer in the generation where Wits wins Best Barbecue and Mr. Gaddy's <laughs> wins Best Italian. So um, they hit those pretty well, and they run through, you know, it's the same, the same danger we have every year is, is writers. You know, how do you pick between three barbecue places? And we'll talk to Carrie about that when he gets here, because he's got some strong opinions about rating barbecue. Yeah. But, you know, and invariably it's going to be Ed Lee's Martins and Pegleg are going to rise to the top of most, most readers polls, most writers polls. And, you know, we kind of, we kind of take the chicken shit way out every now and then. And, uh, you know, we'll give best ribs to one and give best pulled pork to the other. Or, <laughs> um, and I'll be damned if this year the readers didn't give best barbecue to Edley's best ribs to peg leg and best wings to Martin's, you know, they found their own way to recognize three great local family owned businesses. And I thought it was kind of interesting to see that honey fire snuck in there into the top 10 and top barbecue this year. They're top, the top three, three, top three. Top yeah. three. Yeah. They were number three on the best barbecue. So that's, um, that's a place that's doing really well out there in Bellevue. I think they've got a, a hungry market. They have a, well, that's <laughs> a, it's a great restaurant. And, um, I think that the misses there, I think that, uh, shotgun Willie's, He's been absolutely crushing it over there in East Nashville. And, yeah, and uh, he, I gave him a brisket award last year and that was very well deserved. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, his it, briskets. It, and it may be just he's got a small but rabid following. You know, people people may not get across the river to eat that amazing brisket, but Bill's doing doing it right. Best burger, Jack Brown's. You know, it's a fun burger. Um, I can you know I can see them being at the top of some people's list, and it's a good place to go get a beer, and it's got a great great environment in there, and you can get a burger with you know potato chips on it, and. You know, they're, they're, they're trying, I'd, I'd like to see Gabby's on the list now and forever. Um, but that's, you know, personal preference trying to pick somebody's favorite burger is, uh, you know, that's like telling them to choose between their kids. It's, it was, yeah. it's a tough one. I think that you guys, the writers did a great job with bad luck burger club. Mm -hmm. And then I think the green chili burger at redhead stranger deserves some recognition because that's 
like the best hamburger I think I've ever eaten. I wrote about that in our decadent food edition about a month ago. So that's another thing. You try not to you try not to shine too much love on on one particular dish or one particular restaurant. We want to spread it around wherever we can. Look at this guy uh, showing up here live. Hey guys, we're going to jump in with Khalil Arnold here in just a moment, but I've got to talk to you about we're talking best in Nashville, and if you work in a restaurant or you own a restaurant, the best in Nashville is Gordon Food Service. Not only they are they our title sponsor, I'm good friends with those guys. I just absolutely love them. And you know what I love the most about them is that they do what they say they're going to do. Um, you know what? It seems like a little thing, and I know that there's all this stuff that these big companies offer. But I, I like to focus on fundamentals. I like to focus on the things that you got to do, the bounce pass, you know, the full hands in, full hands out, hot food, hot, cold food, cold, and getting deliveries when you need them and getting the product that you order with people who understand your business and care about your business is really everything. And that's the differentiator, guys. When you have a company that believes in their core values and they do the right thing all the time, it takes away that, that wonder, that is my company not doing the right thing? And I think that's what you'll get when you hear from people who work with Gordon Food Service. They all tell you, oh man, they're, they're excellent. They execute on everything that they do and they're good people. I trust them. And that is the thing that I absolutely love about Gordon Food Service. You know what else I love is Paul Hunter. Paul, I've known Paul for multiple years. He is an amazing guy. And let me tell you what, you better call Paul. That That's it. You better call Paul. If you are looking into a new year and you're like, man, I really need to figure out what I'm going to do with my broadline situation because it ain't good. And a lot of you out there that I talk to, it ain't good. You need to call GFS, Gordon Food Service. Paul Hunter's number is 615. He's local, lives in Bellevue, 945-6753. That's 615-945-6753. He's the guy you need to call. He will come in and assess everything that you're doing, tell you about the company, can give you a bid on what you're looking for. He can sit down, listen. But guys, going into 2023, one thing, the supply chain has been crazy, and GFS, is they just do a damn good job. So I'm honored to have them as a sponsor. Let's jump in now. Khalil Arnold, live in studio. Khalil Arnold has entered the studio. We're going to go ahead and welcome him in. What's going on, man? That's you right there. What's going on? How are you fellas doing? Y'all be talking some important business, I know. Oh, yeah, this the most important business. We're talking burgers and, and um, writer's picks and reader's picks right now. I'm mad at Khalil. I'm not even talking to him. Yeah, you're, you're in the doghouse, brother. Because <laughs> I quit doing the cheeseburger, is that it? No, it's how could we know each other so long and you never told me about the Bubba back? Oh, uh, you know. <laughs> Much less gave me bring one. Bring the mic right yeah. down into your... I can say that, uh, you know, the Bubba back wasn't, inherently part of Arnold's. It was between the minds of a girl named Louisa, who was one of the opening bartenders. She kind of, we were sitting there the very first Saturday we opened on Saturday, and she was like, well, we need to have an Arnold shot. And I was like, uh, well, we're in meeting three. We got Aju. She was like, oh, Aju? And I was like, yeah. She was like, well, what's your favorite bourbon? And I was like, well, you know, uh, I was like, well, I mean, what's your, fa what's your favorite drink? And I was like, I love bourbon. And so that's when the Bubba Back started developing right there. But it's, uh, I always grew up loving picklebacks. Yeah, so for the, for, for the listeners that may not know what we're talking about, and like I didn't until I opened this issue, um, a pickleback is kind of a bartender's secret. 
you know, it's among it's among uh, the cognoscenti of of dive bars, but it's a shot of shot of bourbon followed by a shot of pickle juice, so you get that that sour brine tart yep. to go with the sweet corn. So then Khalil just came up with a stroke of genius there and you know basically followed, you know, bourbon followed with gravy. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh it's dangerous because it kind of just cancels it out and then you you know, you're sitting there after you take the shot and you're just like, wow, did I, give me another. That didn't do nothing. <laughs> you know, it just cleaned the as you cleaned your palate. So it's like, what did you just drink? Oh, I just had a shot of gravy. You know? yeah, that would be that sounds very dangerous to me. I'm glad you came up with this after I stopped drinking. <laughs> it's a very like it Brandon's a, not it'll be banned from Arnold's at this yeah, point if yeah, that was it's a thing. uh it's very dangerous. And it's amazing how many people just come and they're like we want the bubba back. And that the first few months, everybody wanted to take one with me. They're like, you've got to take one with us. <laughs> Let me just tell you that, uh, that it gets very tiring after like the third or fourth bubba back in a day. By the end of it, you're just like, oh my, what did I create? I've consumed 12 ounces of au jus and 12 <laughs> ounces of bourbon today. Like, oh. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's, but it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun doing the weekend. It should, it should come with like another, Another shot of Lipitor kind of is the third thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations, man. I, you got, what, three best yeah, of Nashville's yeah, this year? Yeah, very, very lucky. We I call that say. the triple bone, by the way. The triple bone? Yeah. Triple, that's the triple first bond, time, triple bone. Yeah. First time that's ever happened. The hat trick. The hat trick, yeah. So I'll, you won uh, the writer's pick for best steak dinner for less than $25 by this guy sitting here next to me. Uh, you won the reader's pick for best meat and three. And then the writer's pick, what was the actual one for the bubble back? The, um, the title of it? Because you guys are so creative with your your titles on how you do the, the writer's pick. I didn't write that one because I had never had it before, which is why I'm still not talking to Khalil over there. Um, <laughs> well, the last time you came Just in, best, to, my best defense, shot. to my defense, the last time you came in, y'all didn't. It was 11 o'clock, and y'all were getting the pancakes. I didn't want to come over and be like, hey, let's start. Let's go with the Bubba back oh, today. I've, I've done after dark. <laughs> I've done after dark since then. We sat at the bar, remember? Oh, uh, yeah. I was in the perfect place to do it. Yeah. That's well, where I had that steak that became oh, yes, the yes, best steak for under $25. Hey, I appreciate that. Appreciate the I, love. I drove away from that place thinking, you can spend $25 at Logan's, or yeah. you could come to Arnold's After Dark and have that steak. So tell them about that steak. Well, I guess, you know, a lot of it was just kind of another stroke of luck. It's, uh, I've always loved the hanger steak, you know, and to me, uh, you can have steak and then you can have Bear Creek Farms food. Yeah. Bear Creek Farms steak puts that a whole another level that you, you got to be a terrible chef to screw up a Bear Creek Farms cut of meat. Cause I mean, it's just by itself so good. You salt it and you're done. Uh, so I've always loved hanger steak. I remember actually I went to Jim Meyer's house like 15 years ago, and he was one of the first people who introduced me to it. And I've, ever since then, I'm like, you know, if I ever serve steak at the restaurant, I'm going to serve a hanger steak. Well, and I write that you know the hanger steak is called a butcher's cut because yeah. it's the one that butchers cut it out of the cow and then they set it aside for themselves yeah. to eat, and they don't put it under out there under along with the, the ribeyes and the sirloins because they want to take that yeah. one home. It's people don't realize it, it. To me, it's in between a fillet and a ribeye. Because it's so tender, it's uh, the great marbling all the way throughout. Uh, it's a fantastic steak. And so I just took it, put the same roast beef rub, and instead of roasting it, we cook it on top of cherry coals outside. And then uh, 
we had to make something a little southern, so we made a collard green chimichurri sauce. Ooh. And then we just, uh, after we roasted, we cook it rare. We put butter on it. Then we let it sit in the warm room. Then when you order it, we slice it, and it's been sitting there marinating in butter. <laughs> just <laughs> put a little chimichurri sauce on it, and there you go. Plus, you get three sides with it. Yeah. Right? Three sides. Oh, or is it two? Two, two sides. Two sides of that. Yeah. And it's twenty four ninety nine. Yeah, twenty four ninety nine for that. And yeah. again technically under twenty five dollars. Uh, you yeah. could again and you could go to Logan's. Yeah. <laughs> or you could do that steak. So yeah. Or you could buy like three of those for one steak at like most steakhouses. <laughs> so how do you manage to get Leanne to save you the hanger steaks? Because I know at, at Bear Creek Farms it's it's unique and like the entire cow is sold before it's born. You know, because bolus you know, is going to get it the takes, tri-tip. It and- takes a lot of <laughs> maneuvering and a lot of dating employees that used to work there or still current work there to get the ends of how to get the right pieces of cow. From the <laughs> it's, a, it's very strategically planned. That's the secret. I've been planning this for years. I was like, one day I'm going to use hanger steak. Thank, so. you, thank you for taking one or two or three for the team there. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I love those people. Not only do they have the best meat, they are the most entertaining people, I think, in the business. <laughs> have you ever had them on, Brandon? Bill and Leanne Cherry? No, but as I'm, I'm oh, you know where my brain is going when we're talking yeah. here. I'm like, I've got to get them on the show. Oh, They've got to come in. They send, I mean, not only do most most of the best places in town get our meat, they're sending stuff all the way to New York now. They have stuff going to Chattanooga. Wow. There's stuff going all around. I mean, anything is... You know, there are different places that are using, you know, cattle, but this is their own brand, their own line. This has been in the family for over 100 years of just, I, I just love it. I could go on all day about it, but, uh, you know, I, I'm a little biased. Uh, well, you know, it's okay. Part of the family. I, I tried to be a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> a couple. It's like more than once I've tried. Not just, not just that one time. Multiple times. It, it it's not going to get you the get you the ribeye though. That's still going to Sean. I know. So, uh, well, <laughs> no yeah. matter how hard you try. So, so how have you been, man? I haven't. You know, we we. I've I been s- really good. I just I know I've been busy. Just the nighttime thing is it's a whole other beast. You know, you don't. It's like you know before in the past, I could you know had the daytime running where I could come out and spend more time with people. But now it's like between bouncing between the kitchen and the, the front, and then just. You know, so many more, like last night we had a watch party for a lot of the contestants on The Voice. So it's just always, yeah, we really? had that. Yeah, we had two of the people that are in the pretty much top of are still in it, uh, you know, are from Nashville. And they had a little, you know, Morgan Miles and, and this other guy, they had a little watch party there. And so it's like, we're just, there's always something going on. Always. You know, it's like, I'm doing more and stuff at night. I feel like I'm working twice as harder now because it's just, just a different animal than before what do you do do you take time for yourself do you ever take like a minute like what do you do when you're not working uh what do i do now i like to go to sporting events you know like everybody else i love going to preds games titans games what do you think what do you think about the geodas park have you got you going to a soccer game yet? yes love it i think they did i think it's i mean it's kind of like you know you go in there and you don't expect to be going down into the stadium it's just Whoever designed that, it's pretty brilliant. It's it's a beautiful place, and they won a best of Nashville for best food at a uh, stadium because it's all local. Yeah, and which I think is a great move. You know, this is how dumb I am. I guess it's because the leaves have started to fall, but I just this week realized you can see Geodes from four forty. So, 
I didn't realize that. Yeah. You can, yeah, when you're coming over the bridge, you can look over and see, see it. See, I right live there. right there. So I see that. I see it. I pass by it. I go to that dog park like five times a week. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, w- I went to my first game, took the kids, and it's ha- this is the f- one of the first times I knew I was old. Is because we were sitting not far from like the the fans where they stand the standing section. Oh yes, right. and the drums like the doom 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 doom. <laughs> I was like, this is awesome, man! They're on fucking fire. Look at these people. Yeah. And then like thirty four minutes in the game, I was like, are they gonna stop drumming? Because they're just they haven't stopped drumming yet. And I was like, man, I think I have a headache now. And I was like, I think oh, I'm old. Yep, I'm yeah. on the other side of the stadium next time. No, they get wild. And that whole like, section, you're just like, how do you have that much energy? I don't know how they. I was like, if I was 25, I'd be right in the middle of it. Yeah, but I'm. I'm I'll never forget. not. My first international game was at Nissan Stadium, and we were playing. It was World Cup like 20 years ago. We were playing like a country somewhere. It wasn't Mexico. It was a country that did not make it in. And was, uh, it, was it Turkey? How was it that? No, game? it wasn't Turkey. But the the fans were just insane, and they were people on the shoulders, drums. It was chaos, and I was just like, "Where am I?" Like, this <laughs> okay. is like welcome to soccer in the real world. You know, we yeah. had no idea here, but that's that's what it's like. This people. is not your daughter playing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this, not, this, this was not her, that kind of soccer. This wasn't American soccer. This was international soccer, and this it was, was like football. Yeah, yeah. it's football, <laughs> and I had no idea just how crazy fans get over watching. You know, football across the world. It's just, it's, it, you know, and to be a part of that, it was the first international game here was just unbelievable. And uh, it was one of the times I fell, started falling in love with soccer. Was it Morocco? Yes. I was, that's yes. the game I, I was I knew at. it was on the tip of the tongue. Morocco, yeah. I, I want to say Mercy, but I was like, not Mercy, yeah. it's Morocco. Yeah. So this is another completely off-topic thing, but we just signed a deal. It sounds like we just got a new $2.1 billion Titans facility what are your what are your thoughts on this i was just thinking about that that if they start building this new stadium on the parking lots of nissan stadium and geotis doesn't do anything to fix their parking we are going to have the sporting teams with the worst parking in north america i mean yeah you should just uh, you should just quit arnold's and buy a shuttle bus is there a worst you know? <laughs> of nashville issue coming yeah. up next on, i'm gonna buy a shuttle bus but i'm gonna put some music and cut the top down and have people dancing a meet, jacuzzi meet, in the back meeting three on <laughs> meeting three on wheels how about the arnold's helicopter oh, oh, that's a, oh. <laughs> i think the meeting three in the air the, buy it buy a chinook and just have the meeting three and just drop you know Drop people to and from the ballparks. You could serve drinks from Chopper. (laughs) (laughs) See, this is how ideas happen, ladies and gentlemen. Don't I get a rim shot for that? Uh, I don't know which one the rim shot is. There it is. You got the rim shot. I do like it. I was going to give you the uh, the very exciting welcome. I I like I like that. Perfects. You're getting fancy. Hey man, I'm 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 working on it here. You know. All right. So speaking of being old, like you did, you know, being there in the soccer crowd. You know that, that I eat early. <laughs> I'm an old man. I like the early bird. So the last time I went to After Dark, it was pretty sparse when we showed up, but I could tell it fills in. Tell tell us about the progression of an evening at Arnold's After Dark. Who's there early? Is there a lull? And then there do you is, have to just kick, it dr- is so kick drunks out? <laughs> entirely different animal than the daytime. It's, uh, you know, people are working downtown, hustle and bustle. They have to be places. They've got to be back to work, they're on their lunch break, whereas dinner, you start off, and it, it's, they are definitely, I would say, probably, you know, like Chris, maybe over 50, come in, very 5 o'clock-ish, 
you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, over. Is he describing you now? (laughs) And then, uh, and then they, you know, we have them for a little while. We we definitely play the music quieter and a little more country (laughs) or something like that, a little jazz or something. Then at about at between six and seven, sometimes it slows. Then about seven, we've started doing all kinds from having stand up comedy to. this Wednesday we have writers night with this guy named Preston who's super gifted, and then we have then we have stand up comedy. Uh, Cameron Shepard's doing it right afterwards at eight thirty. It's like, yeah, it just starts getting crazy busy. And you know, and it, it just it took time. It when we first started off, when we first started off, we were super busy. We knew what the hell we were doing. Yeah, and it was kind of a disaster. We were like, do they go through the line? Do they do table service? Like, how do we do it? And uh, and then now we finally figured it out, and it was just it's been a slow trickle, and people. You know, the key is always serve good food. My dad said, son, you could have some of the worst front of the house, whatever. As long as your food's always good, people will come back. And so that's kind of the motto I've, I've lived by. And so now it's uh, uh, it's just gets busier and busier. And I remember my bartender, Courtney Lamondo, was saying the other day, she was just like, you know, it's taking time. But she was like, wow, I love the people who come here at night. We have some of the best clientele, same repeating customers. Uh, and she was like, and I knew it was just, it was going to get busy and this is great. And so fortunately it's been super busy and, uh, and just some of the best people of Nashville. And what I like is there's not many out of towners. There's so many locals that just keep coming back, you know, and, and that's, to me, that's what I feed. That's special. That, that feeds me, that, that feeds my, you know, my hunger to keep coming back and to do new things and to, to cook good food. And when you have repeating customers and the people of Nashville have always just supported my harebrained ideas, whether good or bad, they've always been there, and that feeds me to do want to do better. So, well, you you got to train your clientele too. I mean, I, I've always talked about the the beautiful calculus of the line at Arnold's. Yeah, you know, when you get there, the line may look long, but there's nowhere to. I mean, you've got to go down the line. There's nothing else to do, and it moves part of the experience. It moves quickly, part of it, and yeah. you know, you don't let anybody save a table. And I promise that by the time you get through the line. There will be a table open because people know this is not where you chat after your meal. Yeah. You know, you, you leave five bucks on the table for the guys cleaning up and you get the hell out. You know, it's time for somebody yeah. else to take those well, chairs. Dinner's a little different, but yeah. lunch is 100% that way. You've yeah. got to so get So you had in, to train out. them that dinner, like, no, here, have a Bubba back. Yeah, have hang, a Bubba hang, back. Hang spend, for a minute. Spend some more money, watch the football games, or listen to, watch some comedy, but... And you're uh, more likely to have Ubered to dinner than you were to lunch. Yes, so 100%. You're in no hurry. I see Ubers all yeah. the time, and that's great. I mean, that's what it's about. That is. Or having to call some of your friends or people, customers you have seen for 20 years or 30 years, being like, uh, did you drive here? You might. I'm going <laughs> to go ahead and call you an Uber. I've never. I've seen or the you. dynamic of seeing people sober throughout the day for years. Yeah. Then you see them at yes, nighttime, exactly. get a couple of drinks, and then you're like, <laughs> You're a different person than I knew from yeah, the daytime it person. Is. It is totally different. Now. I did not expect that, Governor yeah. Lee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go there. So we have got Parker from Fate LaForce Brewery coming in here very shortly. So as the theme of this show is the acceptance speeches, you won three. You got the hat trick leading off the show today. Would you like to give kind of a, a, you're speaking to the people of Nashville, what would you want to say as your acceptance speech? The floor is yours. Well, 100%, first off, thank you always for the support. Thank you for always taking care of us and always helping us and pick us, picking picking me and my family up through all the years. You know, uh, we couldn't, we wouldn't be in business without you, you know, and I want to thank the Nashville scene for always 
you know, uh, for always being honest and always just kind of uh, a, a paper that just goes out and goes after it. Uh, I, I'm just honored to be a part of something for all these years. And uh, I appreciate Chris Chamberlain, Ash, Ashley Brantley, and everybody that works for the scene. Just, you know, we are honored to even be mentioned yet, yet win so many awards. We just, you know, I just try to do what my dad always said, just try to make something taste the way you think it would be. You'd like it going somewhere else. And uh, just don't ever forget, you know, you're there to cook. You're there to make people happy. And uh, that's something I've just tried to pay forward. And um, just like, I'm just awesome, thrilled to be a part of, of the Nashville scene, best of. I mean, great food, free parking, in and out in 40 minutes. How can you beat Arnold's Country Kitchen? You can't. That's why it's Arnold's Country Kitchen. Plus uh, the best damn meat it. and three in Nashville. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. Arnold, thanks for taking awesome the time to today, driving out to Hillsborough Village to sit yeah. with us in person. This means the world. Uh, anytime you want to come back. All right. I'll see you soon. Yeah, man. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you. You know, speaking of Ubers and being old, by the way, um, last two times I've gotten an Uber, the driver immediately like switch stations from whatever he was listening to to like Blue Oyster Cult. Like, they're like hey, this guy's a Jack FM guy, you know? <laughs> you know? Okay, so I drove Uber for a while, right? This is part, it's, it's public knowledge. It was a fun thing for me. We have Khalil signing the uh, the door in the studio. Or whatever you want to write, Khalil. It's whatever you got, whatever you got. Um, I would play a game. I would play a game when I'd pick, I would, I would try and profile somebody when they got in the car I and totally I would, I would put music on cause I had my XM stations. I had like classic rock, top 40 country, all these different things. And I would put it on, they get in the car and I go, how's the music? And they go, Oh, this is awesome. I love it. And I'm just like silent, like, yes, nailed it. And then I would, and I was probably like 50, 50. You, yeah. you can't do it. You can't like profile people. It just doesn't happen. But wasn't there a thing where you used to be able to let the people in the back seat? program your radio through uber oh god that i don't know not on. through uber yeah that was a an early thing thanks brother Good to see you, brother and i'm not mad at you anymore i just went above a back soon bye khalil all right so we've got parker from fate laforce coming in in about 10 minutes we have a little bit of a uh, a lull here so that we can jump back into the things we got right and the things we got wrong. We're going to jump in and tell you some of the things that the readers got right and wrong here. But first, I want to tell you about NetChecks. NetChecks is your performance management, human resources, payroll and tax, and scheduler. They kind of do it all. You need to call Lauren Wilson Domain. Her number is 615-319-9200. Here's the thing. We're going into 2023. Who does your payroll? Do you like them? Are they responsive? Do you have somebody, an actual person that you can call when you need help? Because that's what NetChecks does. It is all online, but you've got Lauren Wilson who's there to help you every single day. You don't have to call a number, hit the number one, hit the number two. You hear me talk about this a lot. Who's your person? Do you have a person at the company that you use the most? And we all use payroll every single week. We all need scheduling help, human resources help. This is all part of their suite of services. So again, Lauren Wilson Domain, her number is 615-319-9200. Call her today. Yeah, I'll go back to some more things I think the readers got got right. Um, the biggest debate every year is best chef. 
because there are so many deserving people and so many the whole idea of giving awards post pandemic if you kept your restaurant open and you took care of your employees you deserve and an you award. managed to serve good food you're the best so then you got to start splitting hairs yeah how can you give an award to Margot and not to Hal how can you give Tandy an award and and not Philip Krajic um, but and is it, it the same people every year? Well, I mean, it shows the James Beards. I mean, but in Nashville. till somebody steps up. In Nashville, there's just so many great chefs. And to give it to Sean Brock this year, I mean, Sean Brock clearly and massively talented, obsessive, um, thoughtful chef. And to choose him over all these other great chefs, I think. I like to think of it as an acknowledgement that this is a guy that opened four restaurants during the pandemic. And when you think about it, outside of what he's done, there's been hardly any investment in independent restaurants in the last two years that weren't in the ground floor of a hotel. Hmm. And the reason for that is, you know, if you're building a hotel when a pandemic starts, you're not going to stop building that hotel. You know, you've got developers that are going to keep working on it, and it's still going to need a restaurant whenever it opens, so you keep pouring money into that. But if you were thinking of opening an independent restaurant in Inglewood or in Berry Hill... You and paused. You, and you have a chance not to do that? <laughs> that's what happened. But Sean and his... Um, I guess he's got some fantastic backers plunged forward and opened Continental and... Um, Audrey. Audrey and June... And Joyland. Uh, Joyland, I mean, So that's where I think the readers got it right. The readers, um, I don't think they picked him because he's the most famous name. I think they picked him because of the impact he's had on the community in the last two years and the commitment he's had. You know, the tables were set at Audrey for a year. It was ready to open. He just couldn't get staff or customers. And really? So, yeah. So, I mean, you're sitting on that building with the place settings on the table, and he didn't feel safe you know, inviting people in and putting his staff in front of that. And he brought in so many chefs to open Audrey. I mean, he had these amazing chefs that he brought in from out of, like yeah. the, the the chefs, and then they were working at Joyland throughout yeah. the pandemic. You, you had like the most world-class yeah. chefs working at Joyland to start the pandemic just so that they could have something to do before Audrey came about. And it's like, wow. I, I don't know, his thoughtfulness of everything that went into Audrey is is really for the service community, the podcast studio that he's got, the wellness room with the shag carpet and the massage table and the noise canceling <laughs> yeah. headphones. Yep. He has a library in there, but like just the idea of him hey, having a really tough night, like go upstairs into the room and just sit for a few minutes, like a safe place for you to be. The thoughtfulness that goes into that with all of the noise about how people treat their workers and all of these different things, like his, Hey, look! I want you to have this emotional tranquility while you're here. Mm -hmm. I think is is so innovative and groundbreaking and and thoughtful. Well, in a two year period where everything was reactionary, I mean, you just had to zig and zag. And how many times do we hear the word pivot? <sighs> you know, but Sean stayed. You know, he maintained great intentionality through the whole thing, and sometimes that intentionality meant not being open. Yeah. But he managed to keep trudging forward and you know has come out the other end with four great restaurants so kudos to the readers for seeing through that um i wish we could give 50 best chef awards every year um but you know it's the it's it's 
what happens when you start handing out medals. You know, you can only give a few. What's the next thing that we got right? Um, I think the pizza choices were solid. You know, in a town that was kind of bereft of good pizza 15 years ago, we are in a lot better place than we used to oh, be. Man. And I've got, I've got to say that between, you know, Five Points and Smith and & Lentz that I guess my compatriot Steve Cavendish is the official shill for <laughs> Smith & Lentz pizza, but it's worth it. Hey, it's good. And DeSano, I mean, great choices. You, you couldn't go wrong with that. Um, meat and three, of course, Arnold's in first, Wendell Smith's and Sweat's. That's three great representatives. Amazing representatives. One thing that's a, I wish we could find a place for Silver Sands. Um, I think it's time to revisit the categories a little bit to see if we can somehow add a little diversity to the categories. You know, if it, if it wasn't a, a Mexican restaurant or a Thai restaurant or, you know, something very specific, there's a, there's a lot of white East Nashville winners in these, and that's just who the readers are, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I think we need to give them more choices. So I'd love to see a soul food catalog. I'd love to see a yeah. category. I'd love to see, you know, um, you know, things that would, that would give the opportunity to recognize a broader community. So I agree. Um, I put that on us. I put that on our readers. Um, everybody's doing a great job, but there's, if you don't look for room to grow, you're not getting better. What did we get wrong? What did what did what did the scene get wrong? What did the people who voted get wrong? What what are the what are the misses in this year's best of Nashville episode? Um, I'm not going to criticize their business model because it's brilliant, but picking Old Smoky as best distillery <laughs> over Corsair and Nelson's Greenbrier and Nashville Craft and Pennington, um, you know, and it it did also win like best place to get wasted cheap or something that makes that, that makes sense you know? makes sense yes <laughs> um and you know there's a space for flavored moonshine in the world it, it, there was a space for flavored vodka in the 90s and it's just gotten relabeled um but you know that's uh that that was not my favorite choice by the by the readers but again business model and they're making people happy so you know you ask what my choice is that's not it if you ask, do I understand it? Yeah, I do. Let me ask you something. If I was to say, Chris, where's the? I, I, it's my anniversary tonight. I need to go have a romantic dinner. Where should I go? You know, I love going to like, like Cafe Nona. Oh man! Because it's you know it's knee to knee. You know, it's small tables, low light, um, not a lot of difficult choices to make on the menu you know it's all going to be good solid italian and it's going to be neighborhood people there you're it feels not gonna... like i feel like i'm transported to europe when i go to cafe nona it feels like i'm in a small bistro in italy or in france somewhere like it, it's he nails it yeah and it's you know it's not you know 80 dollar italian yolan's fantastic restaurant oh but, yeah but you know you're in the middle of a cavernous lobby with people walking through you know and it's not it's not going to be that intimate place that I think Nona is. And Dan's just, Dan Magipento is just a genuinely wonderful human being. He so really is. I feel great. I love him. Being able to patronize him when it's a special occasion. I feel the same way about Miel. Yeah. You know, with Seema. Mm-hmm. You know, she, she creates ambiance. She knows wine. Uh, she's got great chefs working back there. You know, she's had a procession of great chefs. I feel like that place gets missed by a lot of people because it's on Charlotte and it's kind of, back behind uh, Bobby's Dairy Dip, if you want to know where, where Miel is. 
It is a e- wonderful even, dining experience. Even worse, it's hidden behind Hattie B's now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That too. So best romantic dinner uh, by the readers this year was Daddy's Dogs. That was on my curious list. And your curious <laughs> like, list. Well, I'm curious by that one. So Marketing I, by Daddy's Dogs. I would not put it past Sean to stuff a ballot box or two, or at least, you know, hey, guys, let's let's have some fun with this. I think second and third place, Once Upon a Time in France and Margot, are, are, are good choices. I agree. Uh, I think, uh, and, you know, I love Sean being able to do that. So, <laughs> and, and I give him full credit for best hot dog, even though that was another one of my curious ones in there. Um, because Ooh. Corey's won third place, except Corey's closed in June of 2021, which was before the last best of Nashville. <laughs> now, there is one out in Mount Juliet, but I, I will take a look at our demographics and see how many Mount Juliet readers we have of the scene. And I'm thinking that there were thousands of votes from people that didn't know that Corey's on West End has been closed for more than a year. Now, you can blame me for that. You know, people go, Chris, why didn't you tell me that restaurant closed? You know, because we're what? always supposed to be on top of the openings, right? And, you know, they'll they'll get on there like, you guys didn't even know that uh, um, that Mellow Mushroom and 21st Avenue closed last week. It's like, did they? I, they did. Oh, okay. But you know what? <laughs> I always say they don't send press releases when they close. You know? No, you got to find that out. <laughs> and I don't drive everywhere every day, and I don't try and eat everywhere every day, and I don't read the whole internet every day. You don't probably don't eat there. Do you eat at Mellow Mushroom? Um, you know, like you showed up there to have dinner and they weren't open. I, I did a long time ago and I'll admit I've done it in other towns. I had, I had a mellow mushroom in Chattanooga, like, yeah. you, like maybe last March, you know, it, because it's familiar and it's solid and you know, they got drinks and it was and, the only place it, that wasn't on a weight. Yeah. And we had a limited, I had children with me that were hungry yeah. <laughs> and they wanted pizza. And I was like, everywhere else was like a 45 minute wait. And I was like, no, walk right in. I was like, I, uh, we'll go here. And I didn't realize that in other towns, Mellow Mushroom's kind of a college hang. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I don't. A stoner vibe. I don't know that anywhere near Vanderbilt is a college hang. You know, it's just because of the students. Division. Sacco. You know, I mean, that kind of thing. But I, 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 Sacco's, I don't even know if that's a Vandy hang. Is it? I mean, I, Sacco's like. It, it as was. old school as it gets. It was when I was in school, but <laughs> <laughs> I love that place. L- listening to Blue Oyster Cult, and you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've been profiled. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else the uh, the readers missed? Um, they left out Bill's Sandwich Palace for best sandwich. Yeah, and I recognize they're only open on weekends, but I'm not saying this to criticize the readers. I'm just saying saying this to get thee to Bill's Sandwich Palace on the weekend and eat whatever they're serving. Order one of each of them. And take them home. Best um, sandwich uh, shop was Mitchell's Delicatessen. Is that what, is that the what you're talking about? Yeah, that's a reigning champion. And again, you know, it's the East Nashville vibe. There did like to see it's a Philly thing in that. Um, yeah, that, that's a fun place. It's kind of a schlep to get out to Bellevue to get there, and then you got to find it in the corner of the four minutes from my house. Oh, there you go. That's my that's my. Zaire over there is amazing. He's been on the show, too. He's, he's a good guy. He's yeah, a good so. guy. Went to TSU. He's just awesome. And we have Parker right. walking yeah. in from Fate Force Brewery. Oh, awesome. You can he, sit right there. He brought us a growler. <laughs> is that what that is? <laughs> no, just, just my water bottle with a whole lot of stickers. Before we jump in with Parker from Fate LaForce, we're going to talk about another best of Nashville, and that is in your dish machine and chemical world, Super Source. Man, Jason Ellis is crushing it over at Super Source. I love following him on the social medias. 
uh, because he's constantly posting about all of the new restaurants that he's installing brand new dish machines in. Everybody that comes in the studio that uses Jason Ellis, they sitting behind me in the studio is a is like a built in, and he has all this this stuff up there. And they go, "Oh, you, you work with Jason? I love Jason." He really is uh, not only just a guy that sells your dish machine and chemicals, he's a partner in what you're doing. And it ever, literally everybody that comes in that works with him absolutely loves him. Why are you not? Do you have that relationship with your dish machine and chemical person? It's the most ridiculous thing. I mean, this guy could be doing I, I mean, dish machine and chemicals. It's something that we kind of forget about. But this guy, Jason Ellis, and his company, Supersource, is absolutely crushing it. I, uh, I, I, I love the guy. He's one of my good friends. His number is 770-337-1143. What I recommend you do is you call him today and you ask him to come out and just take a look at what you're currently using. He can identify if you're using way too much of a chemical, not enough of a chemical, why your dishes aren't getting clean. Even if you use somebody else, even if you're under contract, call him. He'll come out and help you. It's not about doing business. He doesn't make you sign a contract. If you want to switch over to, to Supersource, it's, it's week to week. You don't have to sign a contract. And he's offering three free months of dish machine rental right now. I'm telling you guys, this is the biggest no-brainer in the history of Earth. You need to call Jason Ellis. Again, his number is 770-337-1143. Or if you go to NashvilleRestaurantRadio.com, click the Sponsors tab. You can click on the link to learn all about it. Let's jump in with Parker from Fate LaForce. All right, welcome to the studio, Parker. Good to meet you, Brandon. Good to see you again, Chris. Always a pleasure. You know, sometimes you don't want to tell people about a new find. <laughs> it's like I won't tell people about a special dinner until I've already bought my ticket because <laughs> yeah. I don't want it to sell out. I've been I've been hearing that sentiment a lot lately, and I'm like, no, please do, <laughs> please do let people know about us. Tell everybody. So. Yeah. Tell us about it. So first of all, congratulations. Thank you. Best new brewery. That's right. Is that you? Yeah. Is that a writer's pick? And I said it right out the bat. This is not a default pick for being the only new brewery since the last issue. Um, it is a really impressive place. So, Thank you. Um, and it's just a fun vibe, making really interesting beers that that don't obsess over style. You know, you've invented styles over there at Fable <laughs> yeah. Force, which... Works for me as long as I like the beer. So, tell us about what you're doing, man. Yeah, uh, so we got started uh, February 5th of this year. So we've been open for about eight months now, a little over eight months. Um, focusing a lot on Belgian classic, like classic European style beers. Um, <laughs> like Chris said, we, you know, one of our first beers we made, we call it a, a Euro Pale because it's kind of outside the boundaries of really any style that exists right now. It's and tell Brandon the name of it. He'll get a kick out of this. Of the of, of the beer, of the beer pal. Yeah. It's a uh, top of the walk-in. So it which came from. <laughs> it came from. Sorry. Our, we have we're very dirty limited in space. <laughs> is it a dirty beer? Well, it's just we're just very very limited in space, and it was the most commonly said phrase in the brewery in like the months leading up to open. It's like, where are we going to put this stuff? And it's like, I don't know. Put it on top of the walk-in. It just became like our storage space. So we brewed a beer. Um, it was based on a Kolsch recipe that we had, um, and it kind of took a life of its own, you know, the first beer on our system, so it's not going to come out exactly. We're trying to just dial in our system, and it came out in a way that was sort of unexpected, but when we were drinking it, like, man, this is like a really cool and interesting beer. We both really like it. We're not going to call it a Kolsch, though. It didn't have enough maltiness to be like a 
English pale, but it had some of that. It didn't really have enough, like, yeast-driven character to be Belgian. You know, it just had a lot of, it kind of had a Heineken, you know, sort of like Dutch sort of thing going. So it was sort of this amalgamation of European styles. It was pale. It was super crushable and drinkable. So we're like, let's just call it a Euro pale. And so they're making up styles. Like you said, they're just, they're yeah. just, we're just doing this. And it's been our most, you know, popular beer since, since day one. So that's kind of, it's a, it's something you hear from a lot of like beers, our breweries and brewers that, you know, they, have ideas of how oh, here's the style that we're going to make and that's going to be our flagship and then you make a beer that everyone just kind of falls in love with and it takes off and takes a life of its own and that's sort of been our beer for us you know i was uh, i've actually been to cologne germany where kolsch originated from do you know how they serve it there do you know how they serve like, kolsch and like the traditional kolsch service with like the little like coaster you flip over like yes red. oh yeah, yeah. they, they do their blackberry farm and in, in yep. east tennessee they do they, that once a month yeah they just keep bringing the dude comes around and he has like this thing that has chandelier like all these beer, beers. yeah like a yeah. chandelier of beers and they just keep coming by and, and he has like a pencil behind his ear and he just marks on your yep it was the, the most amazing experience and i was just like this is dangerous and they're little beers too so. they're like yeah like eight to ten eight ounces <laughs> i think so the, very crushable yeah there's a few breweries now that have started doing that traditional service blackberry farm being being one of them i think they do it like once a month maybe yeah that's cool i didn't know anybody did that so but i was like letting you guys in on something cool over here well we'll just have to get roy to invite us over to do a show live from their cold service oh that's what we should do <laughs> I like but yeah that. but yeah we've been getting after it and got i actually was pouring at a different event met um a guy named Buddy who works at the Frist, and he's like, oh, you should, like, he was yeah. sitting there drinking the beers with me that I was pouring. He's like, man, you need to reach out to Chris and talk to him. So I invited Chris out. Chris came out and hung out. I thought we were just like, I was like, oh, I'll just bring him out so he can try some beers. And he was, like, already got notepad out, you know, writing stuff down, you know, asking questions. I was like, oh, wow. And then he, you know, kind of mentioned, you know, along the way, he's like, hey, you know, I nominated you guys for this award. And I was like, oh, my, you know, my brain was already exploding. I was like, that's amazing. Thank you so much. And then just to get included in the in that edition of Best of Nashville, I mean, mind-blowing for us, you know, being eight months into it, it's like awesome honor. So, so thanks for, a ton to Chris. So for, thank you. I'm glad to do it. I mean, I, this is exactly the kind of spotlight I want to shine. Uh, you know, yeah. this is a brewery that's got a lot going for it, um, including location once you know where it is. That's yeah. the problem. If you don't know where it is and how to get there, or if you get caught by a train in Wedgwood, Houston, there's a lot of reasons not to go to Fate LaForce. <laughs> But if you're going to go eat at Il Forno right behind there, or you want to eat, you know, at the Bad Luck Burger truck that was parked there last time I was there, or you're going to a Nashville SC game, or you just want a place where you can park for free yeah. and go into a great brewery, um, you need to find your way up the hill across, you know, what are you behind? You're behind Never Never kind of up that hill. and We're on the dead end of Third Avenue. So, like, right, if people are familiar with Bastion and Never Never and Jackalope, um, that road re or leads up to uh fourth avenue which is where the railroad tracks everyone yeah. knows that weird turn in by the turnip green super weird turn in so we're just on the other side of fourth from that so we're on third so everyone's really familiar or becoming more familiar with the wedgwood houston area with diskin and corsair and like all these established businesses we ho yeah not gonna hear that from me we're, <laughs> we're technically that. we're technically chestnut hill but if you say chestnut hill a lot of people look at you they don't really know doesn't register che high yeah, exactly. <laughs> we got to get that started. Chihai. But yeah, so we're kind of like Wedgwood Houston extended and we've got great parking, which is, you know, kind of tough to come by in Wedgwood Houston. So if you're planning to get a night started there, go to Lucky's or go to 
you know, any of those other places I mentioned, you can come over to us, grab a pizza at El Forno, have a beer with us. It's an easy walk across the street. You know, I've been telling councilman, you know, Colby Sledge, I was talking with uh, Steve from Jackal, that we need to get a better little like crosswalk situation going there to make it a little, little easier. easier for pedestrian. But I took some people to dinner at, at the heart and then wanted to take them over to never, never for a drink. And, you know, I don't think twice about scampering across a gravel railroad track, but the women in their high heels were not real enthused with me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a kind of a big bump, and fortunately it's one-way traffic, so you're yeah. only going to worry about the one-way coming on. But it's uh, at night, you know, if you do come and do it, be careful, you know, but it's definitely doable. Okay. So y'all's story reminds me a lot of Southern Grist. Um, have you had those guys on? Not yet. So, you know, real small, you know, Still working other jobs, brewing buddies, find a, you know, find other brewing buddies, and then start out of a really small brew system. Um, and you'll find yourself capacity constrained eventually. Yeah, quicker than, I mean, already kind of getting there. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, they decided to, to grow by adding a new, new brewery and then adding another new brewery, kind of moving their old little one into the new one. Right. Um, with you guys... You know, I've always said that a brewery is a great job for like four or five people. If you can sell everything, you can sell out of your tap room. You don't really have to get any bigger than that. And sure. you don't have to depend on distributors to sell your beer. You know, you are your best salesman all the time. But, you know, there's also ambition. You want as many people as possible to drink your beer. So where do you all see yourself in that growth continuum at this point? Yeah, it's an interesting question and something that we're constantly evaluating as we're seeing the trends in craft beer constantly evolving. So the last decade of craft beer has kind of been earmarked by just nonstop growth. Like everyone's just been seeing just basically open up and produce as much beer as you can make and you're going to sell it and you can just kind of grow and grow and grow. That has definitely started to kind of plateau and that essentially what we're seeing is the kind of the demand and interest in craft beer is kind of starting to like finally tail off and plateau a little bit. Meanwhile, the amount of craft breweries are, you know, still growing like pretty crazy. So it's starting to shift when we got into it, you know, our original plan is just be tap room focused, try and sell everything we can through our tap room. You know, we wanted to really curate an experience there. So we put a lot of work into making our tap room a really cool, fun, inviting place, cozy, something, you know, you saw a lot of tap rooms open in the last decade or two that, you know, it would just be a brewery that they would slap some tables and chairs in there and get some reclaimed wood and metal and be like, all right, we're a brewery. And people would just kind of come for that. We wanted to take a little bit different approach, go really, you know, heavily invest into our tap room, make it cool, quirky, like you said, like a deranged grandma thing is what you said, designed <laughs> it, you know, with uh, with our design aesthetic. It's got this old world Victorian feel with some modern flair. So, it offers this great sweeping view down third and fourth right. to downtown. We got the garage yeah. doors that you can roll up that you can like have an awesome view of downtown at night. So to answer the original question, I mean, we're our original goal was to stay pretty small. And I still, you know, our goal is to always kind of stay small, just local, regional, like really focus on Tennessee as a market and specifically right now, Nashville. Um, we started to distribute a little bit to Mount Julia and to Franklin. So if you're in any of those parts of town, you can find us at Prost and Riot in Mount Juliet or the Hop House in Franklin. But um, we want to try and stay small, but we're definitely kind of starting to see a shift in consumer patterns where people going to brewery tap rooms is starting to shift more to wanting a more brew pub experience, maybe hmm. wanting to have food, have wine available. 
Um, so we're kind of, you know, already reevaluating what is our model going to look like. But in terms of scale, you know, Southern Grist, I think, is a perfect example. If we could get to the scale that they're at now where they've got, you know, a 15-barrel brew house and uh, produce, producing enough beer to kind of service the region, like, in I say region, when I say region, I mean, like, Middle Tennessee, um, that's kind of, you know, our biggest aspirations at this point if we get to that. That's obviously years down the road, but that would be, you know, over the moon for us. Because you've got, what, a five-barrel system? We have a five-barrel system Five-barrel, right so yeah. for people that don't, that don't get behind their brewery and see what's back there, that's about half as big as what, like, Bosco's had or or Big River had. You know, yeah. that, that's a typical brew pub system is eight to ten barrels, so. Yeah, I always just tell people, like, everyone has the idea of, like, from college, a keg, you know, going to keg party and what a keg size is. A keg is half a barrel. So, you know, when we're doing a five-barrel system, we're basically doing ten and of what you think of those kegs. Which is like batch. one party in college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like exactly. Fifteen and a half gallons? Fifteen and a half gallons is a half barrel. That's like what's yeah. in the standard size. Like a keg, keg right? A yeah. keg, yeah. So you're talking about 30 gallons in a barrel? 31, yeah, 31 gallons? gallons. Yeah. yeah. See my math? You know, I did that right there. I did that in my head. Not just a pretty face. 15 and a half (laughs) times two is 31. Do you see that? I just want you guys to see that. I This is professional, you know. I got chops. (laughs) So I'm going to ask you what I now think in my head is a dumb question. Another uh, best of Nashville winner was, I believe it was Southern Grist, won for the um, best non-alcoholic beer, the company Pills. So I love the company pills. I am a not. I'm a former drinker. Sure. I enjoy the atmosphere of all these places, but I don't drink beer anymore. Sadly, I mean, I love beer. Yeah. But the company pills is really. It's a good non-alcoholic beer. Do you guys have options? I mean, I know it's, that's what's. It's a dumb question. Like, I'm going to a brewery. I'm not expecting like a bunch right. of non-alcoholic. That's what you're there to do. But I thought it was cool that Southern Grist did a really good high-end non-alcoholic brew. It just opened the door for a lot more people to come to the brewery. No doubt. And that's, I mean, that kind of plays into exactly what I'm saying. People need to have, you know, in a brewery tap room, more availability of different experiences for what people are looking for. Because, you know, when people go out in a group of friends, you may have some friends that, you know, don't drink alcohol at all. Some that may drink, but don't drink beer specifically. Um, right now we have, we don't brew any non-alcoholic beer. The equipment and technology that it takes to brew a non-alcoholic beer is just way outside of our reach right now. I think Southern Grist may even contract brew that out for that, for that reason. Hmm. Um, I don't I, I may not know that for sure. Maybe speaking out of turn, but I think that's probably the case because that equipment is, you know, very expensive and not easy to, to do. Um, but we do have non-alcoholic options. We have, you know, sodas and kombuchas and we've, try to, you know, curate a few different options there. And then we're looking at getting some non-alcoholic beer options. So, you know, as before Southern Grist was offering one, our only options would be to go with like athletic or maybe untitled arts. Untitled arts is the best in my, uh, their West coast IPA is I I cry. I literally cried the first time I had it because you were able to drink it again. Because I, I hadn't had, like, I love a good IPA, West Coast IPA, Juicy, Hazy. I, you know, the Homestyle was one of my favorite beers. This month is three years I haven't had a drink. And um, Congrats. first time I had an Untitled Art, West Coast IPA, I cried. I was like, this is so fucking good. I yeah. want more. I like, I, I never thought I would get to taste that again. That's been, I mean, my experience also. I've 
tried a few non-alcoholic beers, and for the most part, I've kind of thought, uh, eh. it's not. It's almost there, but not quite. And a buddy of mine um, from college came into our grand opening event, and he was like, "Hey, you know," he kind of like sheepishly pulled out his pocket. Do you mind if I bring this? Like, I know it's your grand opening, but I don't drink anymore. Do you have non-alcoholic beers? And I was like, "No, like please bring in whatever yeah, you want. Come hang out." And he had an Untitled Arts. I think he had a a Pilsner, uh, Italian Pils, so good. Yeah, they make like a watermelon. Is it Gosa? A Gosa, yeah. I was very pleasant. I was like, wow. Because he gave me a little pour of it. I was like, wow. Like, this is legitimately a, a good beer. Yeah, it's well, fantastic. And when you think about a place like, you know, Southern Grist, you're making that investment in, you know, hiring Andrew Coins and, and opening louder. You know, you want to make sure that it's not just beer drinkers coming to your brewery. Because, you know, you guys, you guys have like a little wine selection too, right? Well, you're, right working, you're working on that. So That's we've, right. We've yeah. got like Disc Insider, and we've got right. Walker Brothers Hard Company. Because you don't have the you don't have the liquor license yet. Exactly. So, so we're limited to all malt. Love the Walker but, Brothers. But if you truly want to be, you know, a, a destination for more than just beer nerds, you know, you're going to have to have an offering that includes non-alcoholic options and includes 100. And that's, I mean, <coughs> excuse me. That's what we were talking about, uh, me and Zach, my business partner today, we're talking about that. It's like one of the number one requests we get is, you know, we were talking about having the NSC game on this weekend, mm-hmm. and they were like, oh, do you have wine or cocktails? Or we get people emailing us with wanting to do a rehearsal dinner, and it's like, oh, do you do wine or cocktails? And it's like, no, we're a brewery, but that's something that we're going to have to start, you know. I think you'll probably see a lot of brewery tap rooms start tapping more into that kind of mindset, yeah. more options. But we're not going to expect Fate LaForce hard seltzer, right? Gonna, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, enough people will buy yeah. it, let me <laughs> tell you. Me and Zach are both of the minds that we'll, we'll never say never, you know. <laughs> like, it's one of those things every time we've said, like, I mean, our number one thing from the outset when we were naming the brewery even was we knew we were going to be doing Belgian-style beer. Everyone who does Belgian style beer tended to name their beers like very pretentious sounding French <laughs> names. And we're like, all right, no French. That's our one rule in naming the brewery is no French. And then we named the brewery Fay La Force, which is French. So, <laughs> I was like, isn't that the name? Yeah. What so, does Fay La Force mean? Uh, it's from the country motto of Belgium, which the full motto is Lugno Fay La Force. I'm probably butchering that pronunciation, but uh, it means strength and unity. And so that was like a lot of incorporated into what we wanted our brand to be. So we were going to be doing these old world farmhouse style beers. That'd be our focus, but in a modern urban setting. And we wanted our, you know, Chris has been in the tap room and seen our, our vibe is old world Victorian kind of grandma, but with all these like kind of like modern fun urban kind of flavor with neon signs and NBA jam. And it's like a lot of this fusion of, worlds and then one of our big focuses you know early on in starting the brewery was you know the brewing industry has traditionally been a very homogenous community it's been a white male driven community and so we wanted to be very intentional about inclusivity bringing more people into the beer community and so you know when when the first things you'll see when you walk in the tap room is behind the bar we've got a portrait wall and it's, you know, we were very intentional about curating to have representation from lots of different walks of life, male, female, you know, different races, you know, as, as much inclusivity and tying some of it back into, you know, Nashville history, too, with like we have the uh, Fisk Jubilee Singers and um, some other. Why we're called Music City. Yeah. So, I mean, just trying to really focus on that idea of better together strength and unity so that's kind of how we just came up with fail force and you guys jumped on that ukrainian stout 
uh, program early on, didn't you? Yeah, that was, uh, I mean, I'll give a shout out to Chad at Tenfold, which I saw you had yeah. on yeah, here. Yeah, Chad Mueller. So it was, that was kind of funny. I was actually at Tenfold having birthday dinner with my family, and he was at Fela Force in the tap room hanging out <laughs> there. And so we were kind of texting back and forth. I was like, oh, that's funny. And he was like, hey, you know, there's this Ukraine beer, like this benefit beer I want to do. Would y'all want to collab on it? And I was like, absolutely. Like, let's go. Let's do it. And it's, he didn't know at the time, I've actually been to Ukraine and done some work in like orphanages there. Like right after college, I went and did some work there. And then he was just like, oh, you know, fail of force, strength and unity. I think it makes sense to do this, you know, benefit beer for Ukraine. And I was like, well, I've also been to Ukraine and I would really, you know, love to be a part of that too. And what's the name of that beer again? It was called Resist. Resist, that's it. It was the... anti-imperial stout yeah, so, yeah. Like, I, like, I like the creativity there it was definitely it definitely could cause some confusion people come in like i've never had a anti-imperial stout before i'm like well don't get caught up in it's it a, it's a clever there's marketing. a star wars theme here <laughs> yeah yeah so um first of all i gotta have you back in here we gotta do a full Happy hour time. long i want to hear your whole story and i'm so pissed off right now i keep looking at chris i'm like this is such bullshit because why do why do you have to come around once I quit drinking? Like I've yeah. never I've never wanted to drink more than I do. I'm like I want to go taste all your stuff. I'm an old world wine. If it's the the more cellar floor, the more layers, the more structure, the more everybody kind of does the same. It's all juicy, hazy. This there's it's all it's all kind of a theme right now. And I love what you're talking about. And I, I'm kind of pissed I don't drink beer because I'm like I want to leave here right now and go drink his beer. But the point of today is to do acceptance beer. So open invite for you to come back we got to do that real soon absolutely happy to do it the um the next thing is acceptance speeches so if you were to say an acceptance speech if we just announced to you that you won best new brewery and you are speaking yeah you, he just won best new brewery oh wow <laughs> and we've got gary bringle in the house but if you were to give your acceptance speech right now what would you tell the people in Nashville? This is a lot of lot of pressure. Yeah. Guys walking <laughs> in the door right here, but uh, yeah, I mean, first of all, I have to say a huge thank you to Chris for coming out, writing such a nice article about us, including us nominating us for us. Because I mean, that's an honor that we never would have expected to get. So that's a huge, huge honor. And then, you know, a massive, massive thank you to our staff. Like we are, it is not missed on Zach and I, especially right now in the hospitality industry and retail industry. You know, staffing is a challenge for everybody and we have the best staff bartenders around and I I fully believe that they are super super top notch and make Fela Force really what it is um, and we hear it consistently from feedback so huge thank you to them and thank you to everyone who's coming out and support us here in the first year both you know customers consumers people in the neighborhood but also you know all the other breweries in town well, so many people in the restaurant industry have reached out and made, you know, this first eight months for us unbelievable, unbelievable. So just a huge thank you to everybody, really. And when you go, make sure to ask them the story about the boot, the boot in the basket. So (laughs) We'll have to do that. Parker, before you go, thank you for joining us today. Will you sign the door? I definitely will. And And if you want to, you know, find out anything more about Fela Forest, of course, come see us up on 3rd Avenue and look on com. find us on instagram facebook fatal force brewing and yeah hopefully i'll be back here again to talk more about it soon you will be for sure thank you so much parker congratulations all right thank you guys we are supported by robin's insurance 
a local insurance agency providing customized insurance policies, sound guidance, and attentive service. Robbins Insurance is the go-to agency for hospitality professionals in Nashville. Listen, Robbins knows how hard industry professionals work every single day. They also know how devastating accidents can be. Be it a grease fire that damages the kitchen, a severe storm that cuts off power, or a customer slip and fall incident. But with the extensive experience and the savvy to create a policy that protects your business from accidents like those, you can rest easy knowing that the work you've put in will not be for nothing. Visit Robin's website at robinsins.com to request a consultation or call Matthew Clements directly. His number is 863-409-9372. Protection you can trust. That's Robin's. We are immediately joined uh, with our 2 o'clock guest, Mr. Kerry Bringle, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. How about y'all? Let me get that damn thing away from me. Yeah. A little too close. Yeah, we got Kerry squared here tonight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Come on in. Come on in. Yeah. Got my son, young Kerry, with me. Welcome. Thank you. How things going, man? Things are good. Things are good. We've been busy. We've had a busy past couple months and probably got a busier next couple months. Yeah, Kerry is my favorite porktrepreneur you know he's, <laughs> he's got a full empire growing started out as a lifestyle brand and yeah. turned it into business as opposed to well i guess that's sort of what they're doing at at almost friday sporting club you know let's let's be an instagram site first and then we'll become a restaurant there you so. go there you go but you've always been about the food so you what do we get we get uh barker thanks man Best new barbecue restaurant for Bringle Smoke and Oasis. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. We are here to talk best of Nashville. We, yeah. uh, we could, Carrie, we, we want to have you come back in and do a show here real soon, but we're, we're talking best of Nashville today. Yeah, we got best new barbecue restaurant with the Oasis and best ribs. And best ribs. Yep. So I figured I'd let you start with a preamble about the whole idea of judging barbecue anyway, you know, and what it's like to pick best of and and the danger that comes from people doing that. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, these are lists that uh, that we all enjoy making the list, but it's also, you know, uh, not necessarily a, a total reflection on uh, your business. And so there's a lot of great barbecue places in Nashville. There's a lot of great places across the state. You know, um, we've been fortunate that we've made a number of lists, and uh, we're thankful for that, but it's uh, – you know, like we say, it's not a requirement for you to hate somebody else's barbecue in order to love mine. Um, Amen. You, you know, Southern Living, uh, and, and and there's lists that are that are uh, customer driven, and there's lists that are uh, food writer driven, and and we certainly know those lists. You know, we know the difference, and we and we understand, and there's pros and cons to both of those. It it you know, with Southern Living, we got named best barbecue in the state of Tennessee. Um, which is a huge accomplishment for us, especially somebody in Nashville over Memphis. Um, and that was about three months ago. And then we, and that was a reader's poll. And I think that's the second or third time that we've won that, which, you know, for me, that's a huge pinnacle for us. Uh, uh, my family coming from Memphis and me growing up on Memphis barbecue for somebody in Nashville to win that over the, the many great places in Memphis and the many great places here in Nashville is a big deal. Uh, and then we got on their top 50 list of best uh, barbecue joints, um, and we were the only one in Nashville named on that list, which was a, 
also another big, uh, huge accomplishment. Um, but it's, you know, it's just, you, you kind of, they're good. The lists are good for business. They're, they're great, but they're not, the, you know, we didn't make the top three uh, uh, scene best of uh, on barbecue. Uh, on, although we got best ribs and on, on the on the readers poll on the readers poll, yeah, we so, were talking about how Honey Fire snuck in there for the first time that I've yeah, seen. Yeah, and good for those guys. I mean, good guys, and uh, you know, there, like I said, there's a lot of great barbecue in Nashville. There's a lot of great places. These lists are what they are. They're they're they can be dangerous because people try and use them to to push an agenda. You have to take them with a grain of salt, and you have to understand that you're gonna make some you're not going to make others. What we're trying to do and what I try to do personally more moving forward is put the blinders on, move forward with what we're doing, with what our agenda is, with what my goals are, and um, filter out what others are doing because they're doing their own thing. And uh, and uh, most of them are doing a great job at it. You know, some are not. It, it just depends. I don't think that there's something that sums up what you do better than that. Just on the side of, I'm going to do what I do, and I'm going to do what I do the best I can possibly do it. And I don't really give a shit what other people do. What they do is great. That's a, that's yeah. up to them to do. But I'm not going to make decisions based upon what other people do. I'm going to do the best of what I do, and I'm going to just do that the best. And if you like it, then you like it, and it, it seems to work really well. It, it works for me. I've always kind of been an original and, and kind of done my own thing, and it uh, – um, uh, you know that that works for me. I, I don't. I haven't felt the need to succumb to peer pressure, probably from high school on. Uh, it was always, <laughs> hey, uh, you know, you're your own person and kind of do your own thing. And some people like it and some won't. But you know, it, you can always feel true to yourself if that's what you're doing. Well, here's a perfect example of it. How many sauces do you have at Pegleg Porker? Yeah, I mean we've got. We got three sauces. Really, there's yeah. one sauce, a hotter version of the same damn sauce, and then, and then we've got a white sauce for the chicken. Yeah, for yeah. the chicken or the ribs if you want it. Yeah. And, and when I asked Carrie about that, he said, I believe the exact quote was like, "I ain't no, uh, oh God, who's the who's the guy from Minnesota that's got a hundred restaurants." Oh gosh, I don't know. Oh, Dave, Dave. Yeah. So yeah, famous Dave. Yeah, He's I'm, a great guy. I'm no famous Dave. You yeah, know, I got one sauce. It's my sauce. It's yeah. the sauce I like on my barbecue. Well, and you know, barbecue <laughs> places get barbecue places get pushed to have something from every region. And as you know, when we started Peg Leg Porker, we were very clear that this, this was going to be straight Tennessee barbecue, and we weren't going to succumb to the pressure of having uh, brisket or having other products or trying to be. Uh, have a North Carolina, a South Carolina, and have those styles of sauces. It's just not – that's not what goes with the barbecue that we make. What goes with the barbecue we make is the sauce that we make. <laughs> and and so, you know, even when we said, hey, we might want to do something a little bit different, we took that out of the peg leg porker realm and opened a completely separate place that has its own identity, and it's got its one sauce and a hotter version of the same damn sauce. You know, so it's – it's and that's the Bringle Smoking Oasis. So it's, you know, still Bringle Smoking Oasis is a Texas-style place. Uh, Peg Leg Porker is a Tennessee. straight Tennessee place. And um, we didn't try and mix the two. Uh, we have a team that's their specialty is Texas over at the Oasis, and we got a team that their specialty is Tennessee at Peg Leg. And that's, that's worked for us. And from the very beginning, Carrie said there will only be one Peg Leg Porker. I'm not, that's right. I'm not building – 
a chain here or an empire. I'm building a family-run restaurant. Great to have Carrie here. Yeah. You know, I'm, it's going to be a family restaurant, and we may do some other things in the future, but yeah. they'll also be family restaurants. You know, just my yeah, hundred percent. But not a peg leg porker. You know, there's gonna yeah. Be I mean, you know, some restaurants are set up to be multiple units, and some people are great at doing that. Um, you know, peg leg porker is its own thing, and we always wanted it to be one restaurant. But with products and with lifestyle uh, ex- it, that within that sort of uh, universe that can be that can go global or go nationwide, <clears throat> and so that's what we're doing with the bourbon. That's what we're doing with wholesale food products. That's what we're doing with clothing. We're redoing our e-commerce site now to get more out there to more people. That's what we do when we ship nationwide. But there's one peg leg porker restaurant, and that is the. That is the destination. The one. The flagship. Yeah. 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 Well, I would like to thank you. You were the first person that I interviewed yeah. on yeah. Nashville Restaurant Radio. Uh, yeah. I had a couple people via Zoom, but he's the first person I said. The first actual interview that yeah. I did in person. You could probably tell during yeah. that interview. Like, who oh, the yeah. fuck is this kid? But um, thank you for that. And then um, we talked about Bringo. This was... The, we did this interview on March 17th, which coincidentally is his birthday, yeah. three days after really everything shut down. March 17th, 2020. So we can talk about the, the what yeah. was happening in our world that day. I missed all of the conversation oh, yeah. about that. But um, we talked about Bringle Smoking Oasis. Are you a Vols fan? Yeah, I, I like the Vols. I'm an Auburn man myself. <laughs> okay. But, uh, it's a lot easier to cheer for the Vols this year. What was it like? Because <laughs> I saw social media footage of Bringles. Because the, the one yeah. of the greatest things besides the food at Bringles Smoking Oasis is the atmosphere, yeah. the laid back. Bring your family down, come hang, watch some sports. Yeah. Saturday for was, that game. Yeah. Can you describe what it was like being at Bringles Smoking Oasis? Uh, maybe organized chaos. Maybe it was, it was, uh, we had a lot of people. We had a lot of people having a great time, a lot of great fans. Luckily we, uh, you know, didn't have any, uh, major incidents or anything. We, the yard was full. I mean, we probably had 400 plus people there. Um, and, uh, I stayed for half the game. I left at halftime to go watch it, uh, over at Pegleg. A little Kerry stayed, uh, over there and, uh, I think he could tell you when that uh, when when the Vols kicked that field goal, the place I was watching the cameras, the the place just erupted. It just I can't was, even uh, imagine. It was it was probably the closest thing to being in Nayland Stadium that you're gonna find in Nashville. Yeah, I so. mean, what was that like? Was that would, just seeing that many people there? That that fervent, that energy. Yeah. Is that what you envisioned when you when you thought about opening Bringle Smoke? Was that something that you envisioned? You know, the so the, the, the concept of Bringle Smoking Oasis actually came from a Texas Ice House type concept. So in Texas, they've got uh, some large bars that are outdoor areas with a lot of picnic tables and seating, and they call them ice houses. You know, some of them are just bars. Um, some are, you know, some barbecue places have some big atmosphere like that, uh, like Bangers in Austin. Uh, but that was kind of the thought. It was an old gas station. The inside is the is the main, you know, food hall. And then you've got, we kept the center island and that's the bar and we kept the canopy and then we were able to fence in the whole yard and turf it. And so it's got that ice house feel. So yes, you know, I wanted it to be something to where families came, people brought their dogs, uh, you know, people hung out all day and spent the day there just enjoying it, having some barbecue and then, you know, having drinks. And then now we've got a, a snack bar 
out in the yard in a 20-foot container, and uh, that'll open here in the next probably week. And and so it, uh, we wanted them to, to have a place that was a neighborhood gathering spot that could be a central part of the neighborhood and really, you know, really create that neighborhood feel and vibe. When you and, took a parcel of land that was basically unusable, it was. And you used every inch of it and turned it into something that was a real great addition to that neighborhood because it's it's a triangular wedge with yeah. traffic going around it on all sides. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a it was a challenge. Uh you know, when I when I acquired that property, it had a 20-foot easement down the whole side of the property, which was a major problem. Uh and then also parking was a was a major issue. We worked with the neighborhood association. We worked with the uh, business association in the neighborhood. We worked with Mary Carolyn Roberts, the councilwoman, and we were able to accomplish some great things with getting a parking variance and with also getting the easement uh, uh, abandoned, which we I closed on the property before either one of those <laughs> happened. And so had they not happened... Bringles would be a completely different place, and it and it might not, it might not be as successful. It would have been very challenging and to make le- it successful. It had been less valuable to the neighborhood too. A- absolutely, I mean, if you don't have a dog park and a yeah. you know a place for kids to play that's safe and fenced in, and yeah, it would be a different story. And that uh, that property was an eyesore. You know, there was an old uh, body shop that was on there. They had junked cars all over it a tattered up looking, you know, chain link fence. And it was just, it looked terrible uh, in, in the midst of some really great development with Stocking 51 uh, and, and Nicky's and Southern Grist and all those guys, Frothy Monkey that are across the street, 51st Deli beside us that are all nice places that had done things to improve the neighborhood. We wanted to contribute to that neighborhood as well. I love it. Carrie Jr., what do you guys say over there? Go Vols. <laughs> there you go, yeah. There it is. There it that, is. that says a lot there. You got it. Yeah. So uh, we've got uh, just a couple more minutes before yeah. we jump in with uh, Andrea Cherez from the Rose Pepper. Yeah. But thank you so much for coming by. If you yeah. were to give an actual acceptance speech, if you were to, if you were to give your uh, – and then – and. Like I said, I want to have you back in because I, I want to talk to you about the new stadium. I want to talk to you about all, yeah. all the stuff that you're so good at just keeping up to date on what's happening in Nashville yeah. with no bullshit. And I love that. And my number four most listened to episode that I've had, I've done 275 now. Oh, wow. You were number one. There you go. 275 <laughs> later. Uh, I came in, you wrote an open letter to the, the mayor. Yeah. Or the city council, I think yes. it was. And you explained it to me. And I think the title of the episode was, This is Why Nashville is Broke. And then I put in parentheses, N, broken. Yeah. And you explained what was happening in Nashville so well. I think it resonated. So many people were like, oh, I see what he's talking about now. And yeah. I see why he's pissed. He should be. Sure, sure. Um, I would love to I would love to jump back in as a almost two years later. Sure. And kind of get your thoughts on that because I'm... I think we announced a $2.1 billion stadium. and Yeah, just yesterday. Your property taxes are still high, aren't they? They still are. <laughs> they they're got, still extremely high. Why are they why still are you, high? Why <laughs> are you going to get him so wound up and then kick him out the door? There you go. <laughs> I mean, that is just I gotta, nice. I gotta tease. I got to <laughs> tease the audience. Yeah. So coming coming soon, hopefully, I'll, this will happen. I'll come back and we'll talk yeah. about that. <laughs> Good. I would love to yeah. do that. Um, 
If you were to give an acceptance speech for best ribs and the best new barbecue to the people of Nashville, the writers of the scene, uh, it, the mic is yours. I, I would just like to thank all of our loyal customers that have been loyal to Pegleg for going on 10 years this coming up year and, uh, and that have uh, supported us over at Bringle Smoke and Oasis. Uh, you've been wonderful, and I want to thank my wonderful staff. Uh, they have been uh, amazing and done a great job. We have a lot of families that work for us. We're still 100% family-owned and operated. Um, we got some good things coming up, and, and we really appreciate the support. We've got, we've got a new blending and bottling facility that we're going to be opening probably in the first quarter of next year over on Eugenia for the, uh, for the spirits company. Nice. And then within the next uh, two weeks to 30 days, uh, we'll be opening up. I partnered with uh, <gasps> another great family, uh, the Wallaces, LaVon and Kim Wallace, to open up Fat Belly Pretzel and Deli over in East Nashville on Gallatin Road. And I am super fired up about uh, – Working with another great family and another family-owned uh, business. And Levon's uh, won Best of Nashville two years in a row for that business. Yeah, so. yeah. They do an amazing job, and when this brick-and-mortar place opens up, I can't wait to see the traffic that it's going to garner because they really do an amazing job. So I, w- I want to thank everybody for all their support, and um, not, just, uh, not just at the restaurants, but uh, calling up and – uh, and giving feedback on my layer, uh, letter to the mayor and my uh, sometimes controversial opinions. <laughs> well, and, and check the scene tomorrow on Bites to find out about your new rye coming out. Got yeah. that Got that going up tomorrow, so right. should be out in time for the holidays, right? All right, absolutely. Just got released. Well, thank you both for joining us today, <laughs> and uh, look forward to seeing you soon. Carrie, that pen right there, both of you are welcome to you sign the door before you go? All right. Sounds good. We'll sign the door. Thank you, man. Thanks a lot. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Well, I swear it's it's hard doing 15-minute. I don't know how people – I don't know how, like, these late-night shows do, like, these six-minute segments because I, I want to sit here and talk for another hour. I'm like, damn it, we got to do this again. Why, why do we schedule 15-minute segments? Before we jump in with our next guest, Andrea Cherez, we are going to tell you about another Best of Nashville that did make the scene. Imagine that. The best company out there for really everything that you need. Uh, You probably know them as uh, Creation Gardens, but they are what chefs want. And I just love that they're called what chefs want. Uh, The guy, Molly and Ron, who own the company, that's their that's their mission. That's what they do. They want to be what chefs want. Um, when I used to work for them in 2005, the original thing they said was, they said, look, we just want to serve chefs like you serve people in your building. We want to be the people that change the game. Everybody's making all the rules. They're telling you when you should order. They're telling you how much you should order. We talked to chefs and they said, we want to order on Sundays and we want to split everything that we sell and we want a great variety and we want specialty. And so they did it. If you want to know why they're what chefs want, it's because that's what they do. That's their company's mission is to be what chefs want. So you want to order late in the day for your next day delivery. You want to get, uh, like I said, split cases. You want Sunday deliveries. They do it all. They now have seafood. They have beef program. They've got produce. They've got everything you need they are just an amazing uh complimentary company and i know all of you already use them if you don't uh what chefs want eight one eight hundred six hundred eighty five ten, or visit them at what chefs 
Uh, we're going to jump in. We're going to give Andrea Sherez a quick call, and we're going to get her on the phone. She is the um, the owner of the Rose Pepper. Andrea. Brandon. How you doing? You are live on the best of uh, best of Nashville from the Nashville Scene Acceptance Speech Show with Chris Chamberlain. Congratulations! Amazing. Hello, yeah. Chris. Great to hear Thank from you. Thank you so much. We are um, we have we have been going back and forth. You won the best margarita in Nashville. You also won best to go cocktail. Yeah, we sure did. Which is basically that margarita in a cup, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that to go cocktail really saved our butts uh, in the early days of the pandemic. It it brought a lot of comfort to a lot of people. I remember seeing online people. Yeah, being so yeah, excited. I was uh, I I loved it. It was uh, we actually had the governor came in uh, about a year or so into into the pandemic and said that the uh, sign we put up said call the governor and tell him you want to go margaritas. Uh, he said he got a lot of calls that day. <laughs> That's amazing. I know. Isn't that funny? Well, and speaking of the sign, I mean, I, that gets a lot of people through the through their days, too, is seeing what's new up at Rose Pepper. Oh, I just love it. You know, it helps It helps me out, too. There's nothing better than, uh, than having your own sign to just crack wise on. I suggest everybody get one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so where do the ideas come from? Are they all from you, or is it? Staff, uh, you know, staff so I, doing I it? write. I write some of them. I uh, I find some on the on the internet. I tweak some. You know, if somebody's making making funny jokes about wine, I just sub in margaritas, and it almost always works out. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just have this running list all the time uh, of of possibilities of just things that I think are funny. You know, it's really. I, I hate to say, I just love doing it because it's. I just I love a good one liner. You are Nashville's three dimensional meme. <laughs> well, I try to be. You know, somebody's got to. You know, if you want to learn more about Andrea, she was just on our episode Sunday night. She was in this studio for two hours recording an episode of Talking Shift. And so uh, I had I had so much fun. Like, that was, like, the best time. And you were yeah, hilarious. Was, like, fun to hang out, you know? Yeah, it wasn't, like, an agenda. And we just sat in a room and shot the shit for, like, two hours. And... We got you. You can hear the entire backstory on how she creates it, where she creates it. At like in about forty-five minutes to an hour, it gosh, it's it's all throughout the episode. That's great. You but, know, it's uh, it's really fun to be able to crack wise, but really, it it just rests on a foundation of of having a, a great place for people to come and hang out and and have margaritas. And you know, we actually uh, we've been winning that best margarita award. I think. Uh, I want to say every year that it's been available. <laughs> That's what my father told me. You know, the, the restaurant was my father's before it was mine. Um, and, uh, and he said that they, they just always uh, locked it up. But, you know, it's a, it's a great margarita, and I'm glad people enjoy it. So why do you think it's so special? Why, why do people love that margarita so much? Took the words out of my I mouth. think because it's, you know, it's a really simple recipe. We keep things really simple and, and high quality, uh, always works for us. And it's just, you know, very strong. Uh, but it's made from such great ingredients that it doesn't make Strong you feel people. terrible the next day. I think that's a, a big winner for us is a lot of people uh, associate tequila with not feeling so great the next day. But when you come to, to our place, it's, it's such a high quality that you feel fine and people really enjoy it and uh, like to come back often. So you're saying it, but gives it definitely you, helps that it's strong. You're saying it gives you good ideas instead of bad ideas. 
Exactly. You got it. That, I that, know I've had all my best ideas with tequila. <laughs> yeah, I had so many good ideas I had the to stop drinking worst, it. But mostly my best. So many good ideas. <laughs> so, you know, roast pepper is such a fixture in that community. I really, I think it fits the neighborhood, and I think the neighborhood flocks to rose pepper. Oh, I love to hear that. It's just you know, hand in a glove there. My father, when he started Rose Pepper in 2001, there wasn't a whole lot out there. Um, and it's sort of the, the community built up around it. Uh, and it's just been so great to see, uh, you know, how far the East Side has come. Uh, and it's just really great to be a part of it. So really, you know, for being a community place, what her dad did there and, you know, kind of what she's what she's been able to do with that restaurant coming in as an attorney who lived in California to move here and take mm-hmm. over kind of a legacy restaurant, an iconic name and brand. And to to learn the industry inside out from the inside out and to, and, and to maintain that and not only maintain it, but drive it forward and excel through what you've done, social media, how you've marketed, how you pivoted during the pandemic. I mean, it's really a testament to who you are and what you've been able to accomplish. We were talking before at the beginning of the show that, you know, you're giving out awards right now for people who made it through a pandemic. I mean, you know, everybody who owns a restaurant right now deserves like a big hug, a shot of Jack Daniels and and like in an award. We sure could use it. And, you know, to give awards to people who made it through and are excelling like you have been able to do that gracefully and... It's just, it's so impressive, and um, congratulations. I really appreciate you saying that. I really do. It was, uh, you know, for me, it was uh, very much my father's daughter. I love a good challenge, and so I was really excited to, to learn everything, and just, you know, thankfully, I have this an amazing crew of people who love what they do, a very little turnover at Rose Pepper. We've got a lot of 20-plus-year uh, people on staff still. Um, and it uh, was just a really exciting challenge to be able to, to maintain, you know, what my father built and also evolve it into what, you know, what Nashville is becoming, which is just this exceptional place. And we want to make sure we have a, a place in that and stay relevant and, and, you know, just be a place that everybody can come to, you know, people that have been here a long time and new people. So it's been, it's been really fun. I have to say the, the pandemic was very interesting and, uh, and I'm glad that we were able to sort of uh, move along with it. So yeah, it's been great. And I appreciate you saying that. You deserve it. So as the, as the Meryl Streep of the uh, best of Nashville awards, you know, getting nominated and winning every year to where we probably want to retire the margarita category. Well, she said, That's what happened. Yeah, you brought it back. And then she oh, said, I'll, I'll still I, own that shit. Let's go. To, if you want to, so long <laughs> as you put a little notice in there, no longer offering no. this category because Rose Pepper always wins it. Uh, <laughs> Or just best margarita that's not at Rose Pepper. How's that? <laughs> there we go. That way there we, we, go. That way we still give you, you your know, props every year. There's a lot of great, <laughs> there's so many great places in town, you know, and, I, and I've and i been to so many of, of these restaurants and had a lot of great margaritas in Nashville, but I got to say, I just really love ours. It's simple, delicious, and strong. Simple, delicious, and strong. all the things you want out of a margarita. That's how my wife describes me. <laughs> what a coincidence. Oh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> But also salty. <laughs> okay, yeah, a little bit, yeah. What was the second place, Margaret? I don't even know. Is there is I, there a second place? I'm not sure. I'm sure there is. And I'm sure it's great. I'm yeah, trying to that. look it up right now. I'm like, I'm. 
Well, this wouldn't happen if you used a paper See, I don't have the it. issue right in it's front of me. El Fuego, then Bar Taco. Okay. Oh, nice, yeah. nice. Distance. Yeah, you See, know, when you use a real paper. <laughs> What's that? I'm going to say, I can find things because I actually use a magazine instead of Brandon over here. <laughs> I'm, I'm well, we all love part the millennial, I think. <laughs> uh, me and Andre are the exact same age. Andre, thank you for joining us today. If there was going to be an acceptance speech that you wanted to give to the people of Nashville for your your their continued support and for the best margarita in the city, the floor is yours, and then we will get you out of here. Well, yeah, I just want to say thank you to everybody that uh, wrote us in, everybody that's been visiting us all these years, and everybody that's uh, new here and, and has given us a shot and has... Uh, figured out that they enjoy us. Uh, I really appreciate all of you, and I couldn't do any of this without you guys. And uh, I and my family really appreciate everybody's support. Well, keep up so the great you. work. Yeah. We're... Thanks so much, you guys. Andre, you're the best. Thank you so much for doing this, and thank you for Sunday night. It's so much fun. You can listen to that episode. It's gonna, We're going to put it out Friday. So I'm actually I'm going to do it. Awesome. I'm going to put it out. I think, I think that there's enough good content it. there. People can get through it. A lot of good stuff. <laughs> Call me anytime. I always like a hangout. All right, Andre. I'll talk to you later. All right. Sounds good. Thank take, you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. How you doing over here? I'm holding up. I mean, it's all good news. That's what's beautiful about it. We're, know, <laughs> we're celebrating the best of. Or Yeah, I love that. Should we like wait a couple months and have a worst of Nashville and just come That's up with That's what I was ourselves? saying. Should we yeah. just come up with like the... <laughs> no, they used to have the, the... You have the boners, right? The boner awards. The boner yeah. awards is kind of like the, the worst of Nashville or the... You're so Nashville if kind of a thing. And then we had used to have the Albies, which were the ones that were all warm and fuzzy, but nobody really understood them. I don't know. I, st- I still those, understand. Those came out of the You're So Nashville If Awards. Guys, we're going to jump in with Chad Newton, who's the owner of Eastside Bon Me in just a moment. But I got to take a second to tell you about Corson Fire and Security. Now, let me tell you a story. Uh, I have recently switched all of my business over to Corson Fire and Security at both of my restaurants. And they're amazing. You know, and you never know until you need it. We had somebody uh, break in the other day at the uh, at the Green Hills Grill. They smashed a window, walked through the restaurant, stole a couple iPads. You know how it is. It's, it's just part of running a business. But immediately after that, our security system didn't work. It didn't, for some reason, it wasn't on. It just it just wasn't happening. So I got on the phone and I called Kevin Rose over at Court. This is a true story, by the way. I called Kevin Rose and I said, hey, man, I need to talk about a, a, a better security system and monitoring. And he goes, no problem. I'll have, we'll call you in just a moment. And like five minutes later, I was on the phone with a guy. We've set a meeting. We're going to meet on uh, Monday. I'm so excited to sit down and talk to them. But that's what I'm talking about until you need it. What do you do? Who do you call? Do you call just somebody random and you wait to get somebody? But no, I call my guy, Kevin Rose. He gets me on the phone immediately with the person that can help. I don't know. I'm just blessed. This is just is a great company and they do it all, guys. If you need a fire extinguisher, monitored you need your fire extinguishers checked fire sprinkler systems alarm systems suppression system kitchen fire systems security systems and monitoring access control systems video surveillance and vehicle suppression systems guys these are the things that every single day that aren't the sexy part of running a restaurant but they're this is what you need. This is when you you when you need it, you need it and you need to have a guy. That's what Kevin Rose is for. You need to get a pen and write this down. His number is 615-628-2837. That's not a, a phone number to a call center. That is his cell phone. 
and he will answer that phone every time you call. On his business card, it says 24-7, 365 service. That's what they do. And I'm going to change that as I'm looking at this number. I gave you the wrong number. That 615-628-2837 is the number to the help desk. His cell phone number is 615-974-2932. 615-974-2932. Now you have both of the numbers. Look at that. Okay. Course and Fire, they're amazing. I'm honored to have them as a sponsor of this show. You need to call them right now. Let's get in with Chad Newton. We're going to get on the horn here with Chad Newton. I'm just I'm calling him. You can hear me dialing him up. Uh, he said, call me at 2.30. Hey. hey, Brandon. How you doing, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much. You are live on Nashville Restaurant Radio right now with uh, myself and Chris Chamberlain on the best of Nashville from the Nashville scene acceptance speeches show. You guys won for best bond me. Hi, Chris. Hey, Chad. <laughs> did did anyone did anyone write about you before I did? No. I think you were first, honestly. We, yeah, we, right? We broke y'all's amazing food on Nashville. And uh, I was so excited. I hadn't even had your food yet when we first talked, <laughs> you, and, you and me and Gracie. And then uh, once you opened, yeah. I, I knew it was all well-founded. And here it is culminating in a Best Of Award. So congratulations. Thank you so much. It means so much to us. And uh, we've had just such a blast since we've been here. And getting to cook for everybody is just the most amazing thing. So appreciate everyone and and uh, just the ability to be here and cook for everybody it's just amazing so thank you hey um you're still doing Herant's sandwich right now right the Herant bon yeah Herant yeah, will be there until thursday okay this thursday. i want another time for i'm going that that looks so amazing right now um, if you guys don't know, Chad Newton and Gracie Nguyen, his wife, they own Eastside Bon Me. They also own Eastside Pho in the wash. And it is yep. the best damn Bon Me sandwich you will ever have. And the wash won a best of two. So yeah. technically you got like one and a fifth, right? So 1.2 best ofs. <laughs> Did I miss any other ones? Was there another yeah. one? Because I feel like you guys should won. I, I think best sandwich is, is mm, I think you get in there. So best bond me, I think, is a very technical term, and I like that. I like the did you you wrote that right? That was yours. No, that wasn't mine. So oh, we've got. Uh, well, that was that was that even. He has the paper copy I here do. in front of him. Hey, um, you are doing the bond me project right now, and you've had Michael yeah. Hanna, uh, which was an amazing sandwich, and uh, gosh, who was it last week that I came down there? I think I've had all of them uh. so far. So we had so we had Kisser on. Uh, so we it was that was Michael when I had Kisser. Kisser, and now we're on Haran. And uh, yeah, it's going fantastic. It's so much fun. It's so such such a great time to be able to collab uh, with these amazing talented folks. And then also, you know, it's charity based. So a dollar from every sandwich sold goes right to the Nashville Food Project uh, to help alleviate hunger in the city. And it's such a cool thing. And this is season two. And, uh, yeah, we're going to keep it rolling and keep it trucking. We're super excited. Well, and that's a sign of the respect that chefs have for you right off the bat. I mean, you guys opened a small little shop, came from out of town, nobody had heard of you. And when chefs find a newcomer and flock to them like they did to you and just immediately want to collaborate and how can I be part of your menu and how can I play in your tiny kitchen? 
Um, I mean, that's a sign that, that you've really made it here. And that, that doesn't happen in other markets, I find. Yeah, I think, you know, we think it is so special here. Uh, we heard that coming in and didn't know what to expect until we got here and just realized that the community is that tight here. Everyone wants to work together. Everyone wants to collab. Everyone wants to respect each other and support each other. And it's just been such a dream environment. Yeah, you wouldn't see this in other markets, definitely. And we're just, again, honored just to be here, to be able to open our doors every day and cook for everyone and, and meet all these cool people. And the support of the community is amazing. And ah, just I could go on and on. But, yeah, it's, it's really cool. Well, you guys have really fit in because, you know, I talk about other markets where sometimes it's people get upset when a restaurant opens around the corner from them. You know, they think it's if one's got to fail for another one to succeed. But I think Nashville, going back to the songwriters, going back to the to the tech community, there's always been this feeling of creative collaboration. And I think not only does that make everyone better here, but it attracts those kind of people to the city. And it just builds on itself, you know. So you get people that want to work in each other's kitchens. You get people that are quick to volunteer when there's a, a charitable opportunity. And uh, mm-hmm. so that's why it's so cool that, I mean, you guys are newbies in town, but, you know, some of the greatest yeah. chefs in town are just scrambling to get a sandwich on your menu. Do you know what I think that, you know yeah. what I think that is? You know what I think that is, Chris? I'm, talk, I'm going to talk about you, Chad, like you're not on the phone. Um <laughs> Because they do the right thing, and they're the nicest freaking people you'll ever meet. And you know how I know that some people do that, and they're just like, "Oh, hey," you know, like you can see people. When I walk into Eastside Bon Me and I see Chad, his eyes light up, and he comes over and gives me a hug. And I'm like, "The dude, like, he's just, he's just, you guys are just amazing, man." And then you got Emma and Chris, and uh, you get these amazing people in there working with SS guy and you're just doing collaborations. I don't know. I, th- I think people just like to work with them because they're just so damn nice. Well, they belonged here. Yeah. I mean, it's a Nashville's a nice city. Well, well, thank you so much. I mean, we do try to break it down on to have successful business these days, especially in the hospitality business to break it down to two things. And I try to make it that easy for the whole team to understand that. Think about how easy this could be. Let's just be really, really nice to every single person and cook really good, consistent food that's delicious every day. Two things. We should be able to break those down and do them at a very high level, and that's kind of the goal. And, yeah. Just um, keep it simple, you know? Oh, yeah, exactly. So it's really, I mean, when we, when we first got here, our goal was just to put our heads down, cook good food, just be nice, and I think it's worked really well. Um, you know, obviously we have some great experience back from the California days and, and did a lot of great things there, but – here it was different we just really wanted to kind of come in humble into a new market where we were just meeting everyone for the first time and 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 learning the way here and really just respecting that and just saying like hey let's just cook good food put our heads down be really nice hopefully some good things will come out of it and again for us it's about creating sustainable businesses for our employees and our team to be able to keep growing and opening more businesses together so that's what it's all about in the end we're super happy so what do Brandon and I have to do to get a West Side bond me? <laughs> no kidding, right? <laughs> we get the Hillsborough Village bond me. Yeah. Nope. I get that. I get that quite often. You would you would be surprised. But no, I think the the game is a uh, East Side bond me at this point it's just so special and we have a lot of other things that we want to do and we're like like uh Brandon mentioned, we have the ability to work with some really great people like Chris and Emma uh, with SS Guy, and as we grow out our 
our new hospitality group, You Are Here Hospitality, uh, you know, we want to help people to open up their dream businesses. And that's what it's all about. And that's what we're striving to do these days. So you'll probably see a lot of stuff coming from us in the next few years. And we're really proud to do that. I don't know about another uh, Von Me shop. We'll see. But uh, we do have quite a, uh, a few other concepts in our pocket that we'd like to develop and, and, and get open. And especially if we can do it with great people like, you know, Chris and Emma with SS Guy, um, it makes me feel even better. So. Well, we, we broke news earlier in this podcast that the uh, Mellow Mushroom location in Midtown is available. <laughs> that is a thing. I can see an SS guy going in there. Well, no, I and, and Chad, I got to get you back on the episode, you and Gracie, to come in and talk more about your hospitality company because what you're doing, if, if you're willing to talk about it, uh, is really innovative and it's really collaborative. And I love the... I don't know the mentorship that you're going to provide and what you're doing, I think is, is just, it adds to the community and I love it. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope that, you know, we work on it every day to kind of keep developing that side of the restaurant group and we just need a couple of things to fall into place, but it's definitely on the list of something to keep pushing on, you know, for the whole restaurant community here and, and for everyone involved, obviously we're, we're in a, a location with really great restaurant groups like strategic who we really look up to they're just doing amazing things and it's really kind of cool to see and um maybe we can put our mark on nashville as well and and do some really cool projects with great people and and help them develop as well and so they can uh open up more restaurant concepts in the future so that's the goal we'd love to come on and talk about it more you know me yeah we'll, well hey Grace yeah, out of, we'll try to get Grace out of the kitchen to to come and talk as you know our kind of one two <laughs> Well, you know what they say, the, uh, the second restaurant is the hardest one to open. You know, by the time you get to the third one, you have to have assembled a staff of people that you trust to run your restaurants. So you're, you're done with the hard one now. Yeah, you know, it's really cool. So Mary, our general manager at uh, Eastside Ba, was our first hire at Eastside Ba Me. Um, was just a cashier at Eastside Ba Me, and she's really – She's an amazing person, and she's grown to become the general manager of ESP and hopefully more for the future. So it's a great story. You want to have more stories like that and just keep working with fantastic folks. So, Well, if you were to give an acceptance speech right now to the people of Nashville and the people of the Nashville scene who gave you the award for Best Bon Me and some kind words after that, you should get the paper copy of the actual <laughs> issue. Chris would really appreciate that. It's a special kind of copy. Um, what would you say to the people in Nashville? You just won the award. Here we go. We got the uh, best uh, best bond me to Eastside bond me, Chad Newton. There you go. That that's your cue. Hello, Nashville. Thank you so much. Thanks to the <laughs> Nashville scene. Thanks to Chris. Thanks for all the other writers there for recognizing uh, our team and and everything we've done in in Nashville to date and uh, naming us best bond me, which is pretty amazing. I'm just going to give a shout-out to the team real quick, uh, real quick, if I can. Jeff, Chris, Emma, Chase, Noah, Grant, Bree, Genesis, Tyrone, Travis, Joel, John, and Mary from ESP because she started it all with us. Thank you to all the team. It's all about you. It's all about the team. Thanks to the community of Nashville overall, the restaurant community, the regular community, East Nashville. And again, back to the writers. Thank you all so much. Thanks, Chris, for uh, dropping the news of us in the beginning. And thanks, Brandon, for having us on the show. 
I had them on the show the day they opened. The actual day that Eastside, but their opening day, they're like, we're opening in an hour, and they came on the show to say, we're excited to be opening our doors. Nashville was me and Delia were doing the uh, the weekly show, the Music City Roundup. They came on on opening day. I got you to beat. say hi. I ate there that day. <laughs> That's right. There you go. There you Absolutely. go. You guys, uh, you guys are amazing. Thanks for all that you do, and uh, thanks for joining the show today. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it, and uh, hope to talk to you all soon. And, and thanks again. We got to let you go before Will Smith comes charging up out of the crowd here. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a, that was a, that I was can a... take Will down, though. I can take Will down. Don't worry. I like that. All right. It's we'll a get bet. that. We'll get, yeah, we'll get that set up. <laughs> Chad, have a wonderful right. day, sir. I'll see you soon. Uh, this week, I will see you to try that Harant Bon Me because uh, Harant from Lyra. Oh, so good. Sounds great. Awesome. Thanks, y'all. Have a great day. All see right. you, bud. Congratulations. So one one real pitch here about why everybody should go find the last copy of the print edition. Because when you're on your website there, that's great. You cannot just page through it and see all these ideas of where you should go eat. You're right. That, that's where advertising works. This belongs on your coffee table. Like, what the hell do I want to eat tonight? What do the readers think is the best bond me? What do... Or, you know, who's who's advertising here is like, oh, let's go to L.A. Jackson. Haven't been there in forever. Yeah, it has so, been a long time for me. I mean, this is a super useful thing to keep around. So I love the Nashville scene. I think, you know, a really good alt-weekly. And I love I love these awards, too. I mean, I think that the number one thing, Chris, you know, because we both are in in this world. There's an orbit of watching who's opening, watching who's closing, getting. And I like to go really deep, and I know you do, too, into telling these people stories so many people aren't people have other jobs and they live in Brentwood and they don't go to East Nashville too often and they don't even know that a place like East Sad Bon Me exists so for this this is the best guide I mean when I drove Uber those years ago just because it was it was a fun hobby kind of a thing that's the number one question people that lived here I'd pick some up in Franklin they go we're having a date night and we're going to Jimmy Kelly's and I'd be like, okay, that's, I mean, that's cool. Great. Jimmy Kelly's is a great restaurant. I have nothing wrong with that. And they go, we just don't know. And there's so many, we don't even know where to do. So you get an episode, you get this magazine, the Nashville scene, you can open it up and right there. What's the best? I want a sandwich. Best bond me, best sandwich, best deli. It answers all of the questions. And I, I would steer you towards the writer's picks, but well, and I learned a lot from the writer's picks. You know, I'm supposed to be the one that knows about all this food. But, again, we all get insular. You know, we live. Yeah. I'm not afraid. Nothing to, wrong with that. I'm not afraid to cross the river to eat, but there are a lot of people that don't. You know, or, you know, I don't get to Hermitage enough. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't know about um, Tuta de Gio, you know, which Erica said was this fantastic Sicilian restaurant up in, in Hermitage. It got a writer's pick. It's got my attention. Yeah. Um, I had never had the hot chocolate at Fat Belly. You know, I'd, I'd written that the muffaletta at Fat Belly was my favorite sandwich last year. So that's what got that. my writer's pick. But uh, now we've got uh, people, you know, talking about that hot chocolate. So that's on my list. And did you know that the wings at King Market are amazing? Everything at King Market's amazing. But I would have never thought to order the not wings the word, Not the wings, <laughs> no. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there's still a lot to be learned. I didn't know about uh, waffle taco. 
you know, which is the old Waffle House on Bell Road and 24, and it's like a breakfast burrito taco waffle place. I just learned about it. I was today years old when I learned about that. I mean, that sounds like Hangover Helper Supreme right there. <laughs> <you know? laughs> well, losing the Hermitage Cafe, you yeah. got to find something, right? Exactly. Those places are out there. So this, this, I agree with you, Chris. This is a great physical magazine that you need to own. You need to get it at home, put on your, this is a way for you to decide where to go. And I think that's a, you know, there's not only through the advertising, but because this, this is the people speaking about what the best stuff in the city is. And the, the reason why it's your most popular issue is because it puts a ton of really good, you need an attorney. Yeah, that's the best attorney. You need a real estate agent. It's got the best. It's like your guide to everything Nashville. It is the best of. What is the best of Nashville? The question that every tourist in the world wants to ask, what's the best XYZ? What's the best Airbnb? The best hotel? The best whatever? And you if, got it. And if you're getting your restaurant advice from someone who is more interested in pointing the camera at themselves than at the food, you know, they want to show how pretty they look <laughs> in this restaurant. Or, you know, how how hot the decor is or something like that. No, I want somebody that is that is forward-facing. That's who I want advice from. Yeah. And these are Nashville scene readers who, uh, you know, there's a lot of people in Nashville that, that identify with, with as Nashville sceners. <laughs> you know, we did an episode last year where we had the, uh, the Influencer's Guide to the best of Nashville, where I brought on five food in instant, you know, five food influencers in Nashville. I said, let's go over some categories. I want you to make your picks just for people as a guide for people who are doing this every day. And I think it's like my third most listened to episode where you get food influencers talking about the best of Nashville. It's like, let's all listen to these guys. This is where it's at. This is all of that condensed in the final results. And everything's not white limousine in that one either. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, so that's Dolly's place, right? right the right, Dolly yeah. Parton place. Yeah. Well, we're, we're waiting for Alex Winco. So if she comes on, I, I, I'm guessing she's not going to make it today because uh, we are past our time. And she said she was real, real pushed on it. So um, Dino's best dive bar. And then they had the best Dolly Parton tribute which uh, I'm sure as a, as a writer's pick to their lemonade stand well, bar that's, in that's, the back area there. That's beyond writer's pick. That's editor-in-chief pick. Oh, oh yeah. that was a... Was that a <laughs> Patrick wrote that Patrick one. Patrick <laughs> D. Patrick. Yes. I like that. Okay. Well, Chris Chamberlain, uh, this has been fun. What do we miss? A lot. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of good things about the Nashville restaurant scene, and uh, a lot of them are in this issue, but it, it was really nice to hear directly from some of the winners and get their you know, get their backstory and how how it affects them too uh, we hope we've introduced y'all to some new places we hope hope that uh you might learn a little bit about uh the people behind the awards because that's what we like to share you know between your show and what i write you know it food is food is subjective but whether people are good people isn't that's what i tell i said you know if you're new to this podcast, you're listening to this for the first time and you're like, who are these people? We do a podcast weekly. Every Monday we have a new show that comes out and we're not a food podcast. It's called Nashville Restaurant Radio. We talk about food people. I kind of feel like if there's a if there's a restaurant you hear about and you think that the chef is cool, you hear about the chef, I want you to learn his backstory, learn where he or she started cooking and what their motivations are and their passions and what their, their biggest challenges are. And then I want you to go, I'd like to go try that person's food. They sound really interesting. Or 
I don't want to try their food. That guy's an asshole. I don't, either way, I want to be able to, for them to be able. To, I want you to be able to learn more than I, I, like short clips. I want an hour long, uncensored, let's go kind of interviews. Well, and, and hospitality goes both directions. Oh yeah. I mean, you cannot. Uh, we're looking at you, James Corden. Um, you know, you can't expect to be treated like a king or a queen if you know you're looking down your nose at everybody, or you're not even acknowledging the people who are who are putting their lives at risk during the pandemic to come and feed you. you Can know, you people- believe that story <laughs> about James Corden? If you don't know, James Corden apparently was banned from a restaurant. In Balthazar, Al- yeah, Balthazar, and he. Um, from just being rude, sending food back, not tipping, like just just being a complete asshole. And it's like, that's that's not his persona. It doesn't make sense. But there you go. You never know what what lies deep in someone's soul, right? <laughs> Sometimes a little bit of egg white in your omelet is enough to just put you right over the edge. <laughs> yeah. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining today. And I know you've got a, a bunch of stuff you got to get going today. I'm gonna let you off the hot seat and uh, it's probably time for you to come back in and do an interview too. I'm... Well, the commute was so long to get here. Um... Yeah. We'll throw a football <laughs> at your house from here. Yeah. I almost logged into my own Wi-Fi from here. That's amazing. <laughs> well, now you know where it is. Chris is going to come do his own podcast out of here. He's like, can I just come use your studio? I got, I got this. Well, cool. Well guys, thank you for listening. Uh, best of Nashville 2022 from the Nashville scene is on uh, newsstands. Now, if you can find a copy, Right, Chris is holding up. I'm going to make him bigger so you can see what it looks like. There's usually some extra copies in front of the office down there in the Gulch, but uh, they go fast. Yes, and like you said, it's a great. Uh, it said it's bound on the side. First, you know, the only episode that they do where it actually says a Nashville scene on the side. We call them issues when they when they're printed, not episodes. Did I say episode? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Damn new media. Yeah, <laughs> that is that is me a thousand percent. I uh, I'm proud of it. Uh, old media, anything, any final words? Uh, so we got a, we got a comment coming in from our buddy, Mikey Corona from the, the Mockingbird. Um, that was one of my favorite best ofs to write this year was about the collaboration that dinner they did with, um, five LGBT chefs during, during pride month. And the biggest shock was that those guys had never cooked before together. Really? Yeah. You nailed it. That somebody would bring that group together. So. I'm always happy to throw a a spotlight on good people, and Mikey and Brian at at the Mockingbird definitely are. Uh, 100. I love those guys. They're amazing. And, um, yeah, what's up, Mikey? Mikey looks like he's watching. And um, the Fabulous Five pop-up series, another best of Nashville. Cool. Good call-out. Thank you for seeing that comment there. Um, Guys, have a wonderful day. Thank you, Chris, for joining us today. Glad Did you have anything it. else you wanted to say? No, no. Got to get back let my dog out of the crate. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for having me. This was great. You got it. Thank you very much to Chris Chamberlain for joining me for that entire two-hour episode. We had so much fun. Those episodes where you do them live, I'm telling you, there is a certain rush that you get having all these people come in being ready, being prepared, and it's much fun having a co-host here in Chris Chamberlain. There is one company that we failed to mention as far as Best of Nashville and as a sponsor, and that is Poached Jobs. Guys, if you're out there looking to hire in the hospitality space, this is the place. 
Now, you can hire for free right now if you are a Nashville Restaurant Radio listener. All you got to do is you got to go to poachedjobs.com or if you go to our website, nashvillerestaurantradio.com, click the Sponsors tab, scroll down, find Poached. There is a link right there that is custom to us. I prefer you go there than they know you're checking it out because of Nashville Restaurant Radio. But when you place your ad, go in there and place an ad for a bartender, a server, a line cook, a dishwasher, a manager, whatever it might be. Place your ad, and when it asks you for a promo code, type in Nashville Restaurant Radio. You will get to post for free. But do it now. Um, we've got to get. A, a, we're going to try and get this extended into November, but it is for October, so you can get your post in there now. Hopefully, get a couple people hired immediately. That is PoachedJobs.com. They're amazing people. All right, guys. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you are being safe out there. And thank you for voting, and thank you for all the things that you do. Again, stay tuned next Monday. Big announcement coming your way. It's going to change this podcast. I'm so excited. Good things coming. Hope you guys are being safe. Love you guys. Bye.